So, welcome to episode 58 of Crit Apocalypse. This week we will be talking about stuff and fangs, as we usually do. Now, Ant, you are first this week, but before you go, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. Just about your week in general. How are you feeling mood-wise? Out of ten, go. Out of ten? Out of ten. The complexity the... of human emotions and gamut of life and, and all the all the visceral things you can experience. Ten. Is this a film review ten or a video game review ten? No, this is a you review ten. Hmm. Like a YouTube you review life. What's you. my average? Average would be, for a normal person, 5.5. You can do points. Well, that's just a percentage. Uh... Everything's a percentage. All right, go. 5.4. You're going to say 5.4 is lower than average? You're not having a great week? What's wrong? Tell me about your week. What's happened? Um, well, generally, your body adjusts your mood. John Hurt to... died. Yes. That's quite sad. He yeah. was very old. 77. That's quite old. Yeah. There was a time when people went and lived He could have been 30. older. He could have got older, but yeah. he did sound like he smoked 20 packs of cigarettes a day. Well, he's a theatre lover. He's a theatre lover. Yeah. He's in probably, like... Oh, at least three of my favourite films of all time. Hellboy? No. Alien? Yeah. yeah. Hellboy? Uh, Hellboy, maybe. Um, Spaceballs. <laughs> the Doctor Who TV special? Yeah. Hour and a half long. Elephant Man? Doctor. Elephant Man, yeah. I Elephant went to Man where they a... filmed that, in the, the theatre they um, filmed the surgery scenes in. Elephant Man is actually one of my favourite films. Yeah. Not a joking favourite film, it's one it's of my favourite film. films. There is a scene in Elephant Man in uh, which David Lynch, he is a great filmmaker... David Lynch has the shot where he's running through the tunnel and he's cornered by people who want to just, you know, touch his magical elephant face so they can get elephant powers, because that's how it works. Or get bitten by him so they become a leprechaun. It's complex, the world of magical, mystical beings. Don't remember that. Bitten by an elephant man, you become a leprechaun. He doesn't bite anyone in the movie. We can't. He's got, like, growths all over his Exactly. He's he's in the later stages of elephantitis. Mm -hmm. Have you seen Mask? The one with... um... Rocky Eric Dennis. Stoltz. Yeah. The character's called yeah. Rocky Dennis. His name's Rocky Dennis, yeah. Yeah. And shares his mum. Yeah. If I could turn back time, but I'd get aborted from you. You had a paper mache face. <laughs> I wouldn't suck that trucker's dinner. Massive dick. It led to your conception. Doesn't he start going out with a blind girl? I don't fucking know, he'd have to. Yeah, yeah, she's like, can I touch you up and you're beautiful? <laughs> it's been a long time since I've seen that. What am I touching? A slab of ribs? I always remember he's called Rocky Dennis, though, because it's, <laughs> it's one of my go-to insults for people, if I think they're... Oh, uh, Under the Moons just saved a dog. Oh, Moons, did you donate? Thank you, buddy. If you did, if you didn't, then it's only £10 to buy a blanket for an animal, cat or dog. Ten pounds. Ten pounds. Poundland. Once, once. No, because they don't sell them anymore. They learn. They learn. Uh, once again, I am. I am promoting my Just Giving page, in which I am walking a hundred kilometres from London to Brighton in aid of Battersea Dogs Home. Everyone loves cats and dogs. And you want the donations to pay for the Uber fare for half the journey? No, no. I'm walking the whole thing today. I did 35k with a 3k run in the beginning of the day. Shoes. I need to get some new shoes. I do need to buy some new shoes. But I'm doing 3K every day, and I'm doing 15 kilometres walking every day, um, right up until the event. I'll also be taking part in 5K runs, 10K 3K. runs. 3K? That's only... Um, you only got to like, times that by 33.3333333. But I'm walking, and the point And of, you'll get to the distance, you? Yeah, I'm walking. The point of the 3K is it's to build... It's to, it's to help my metabolisms, because I'm trying to slim down. Trying to slim down because I'm... You look like fat Andrew, Andrew I Garfield. I look like fat Andrew Garfield. Yeah. <laughs> fat Andrew Garfield. <laughs> 
Yeah. But hopefully I'll go back to looking like young Dan Aykroyd. Right. Or skinny Andrew Garfield. So if when I Dan Aykroyd was on Coke. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, so you can find that on, there's a link, people will tweet and it'll disappear. But if it doesn't disappear, it's on my Twitter and everything else. I'm just trying to do it for the cats and dogs because I genuinely love animals. I I love them. I don't care what kind of animal it is. I want to stroke and have a fun day I don't with know. Like everything. Have you like seen What's that freaking terrible eel one that's got the really scary teeth? Oh, you mean like the underwater things with the bulbous, the light? No, no, that's an angel fish. It's just so, like I'd play with it's an like fish. an eel, and its mouth is just like a ring of teeth. That's fucking terrifying. Awesome. Oh god, they're horrifying. Really? Yeah. That sounds awesome. I can't remember what they're called. They want. I like. I like them, but I'd yeah. live in the toilet. They me. look like a fleshlight from hell. Really? Yeah. That sounds incredible. Nature, eh? Yeah. They make some pretty crazy things. Yeah, the deeper you go under the ocean, the more fucked up it gets. The yeah, more well, I think giant maybe squids, things did they? come from space. Yeah, you've got giant squids and stuff. Yeah. And, uh, you know, all right, here's the interesting... Four starts to make sense. Yeah, here's an interesting fact. I think I, I think I already said this in one episode, because I did the lobster, you know, the Colin Farrell film. Hmm. Um, but did you know that lobsters, as they get older, they only become more sexually potent, larger, hmm. and more aggressive? Nice. So, so lobsters, fish, the, the oldest lo- lobster they've ever found is 150... It was massive. It was like fucking the Hulk with like crustacean plate armor. Sweet. <laughs> and they only managed to kill it with a couple of guys like fucking stabbing the shit out of it. And then they you ate boil it. it. Well, no, because it's once it's that big, it doesn't fit in a pot. Ah. Oh, you have to yeah. boil a kiddie pool. Yeah, yeah, boil a kiddie pool, and you have to get the kids out first. <laughs> Do you? You're technically killing something that's worth more than a human life because at that point it has more energy. Yeah, especially if the kids power. are ginger. Or Donald Trump. Yeah. I mean, you could flash boil a few Donald Trumps and get by. You don't have anything to worry about. I'll worry about the gas it gives off. <laughs> right, shall I review a thing? No, no, wait. Before, before, because we were actually talking about something. Were we? Yeah, no, we were talking about something. You said about just giving page animals. You got that out of the way. Link. We were talking about something In else. the comments on the no, but stream, we were talking, we were talking on your Twitter account. No, we were talking about something else. Not Fat Andrew Garfield. Oh. Not Fat Andrew. Although right now, right now with our current hair... I look like Andrew Garfield from Silence, and you look like Kylo Ren from anything he's in other than Silence. Girls. <laughs> yeah, you got Kylo Ren and girls hair. Yeah. Well, no one can <laughs> see that on the podcast. Do the Kylo Ren voice. Hi, my name's Kylo Ren. <laughs> Hello, my name's Kylo Ren. <laughs> We've got a stabber, and I. Yeah. I'm Spider Man. <laughs> I yeah. dated Emma Stone. She I've got a good impression of John Hurt as well. God, did an impression of John Hurt. Hello, I'm John Hurt. <laughs> Pretty good at that. Who's <laughs> just someone's emailing you? That's me. Yeah, but anyway, <laughs> should I review a thing? I'll goggle rocks and play the elephant man. Yeah, well, I paid for my um, James Pond Two Robocod. Expect that on Melo Gaming. Excellent. Well, I have paid for my Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Right. So Wait. Should we do? Should I do? It's seven minutes in. I Can I start? You, and I challenge you. What? I'm going to challenge you to Yu-Gi-Oh. You've already said that. I know, but we didn't say it properly on the stream. This is the podcast oh. now. This is the official thing. So what I'm going to challenge you to, and I want you to I want you to remember this. You wouldn't win. You don't believe in the heart of the cards. I believe in the heart of the cards. I believe, really? I believe. You just want Blue-Eyes White Dragon. All you're obsessed with is power. No, no, that's not true. I want the Dark Magician. I know his secrets. I know the truth. Yeah. Anyway, I challenge you next Friday, 9pm. What? 9pm next Saturday... <laughs> Next Saturday at 9pm, we are going to stream a live Yu-Gi-Oh card match, and I'm going to best you at the ultimate game of games, Pokemon cards. Pokemon cards? I sold all my Pokemon cards. I don't have any Pokemon cards. I never knew how to fucking play Pokemon cards. It's easy. No. Magic the Gathering? 
Yeah, I've got some of them somewhere. Yeah. Uh, no, but Yu-Gi-Oh then. You've got Yu-Gi-Oh cards, right? Yeah. Well, I just purchased some Yu-Gi-Oh cards on eBay for two ninety nine. Good luck with that. The real cost, though, was buying the complete plastic arm plate to hang them on to. Mm. <laughs> it's time to... Oh, dear. I'm going to get so many paper cuts training. Okay. I want to be the very That's best. That's not Yu-Gi-Oh. Yugi never was. Seto Kaiba, he's under breasts. Okay. Whoop, whoop. Can I review something now? Go for it. Eight, nearly nine minutes into the episode. Okay. Right, I've challenged you to a fight. Okay, so. Um, I'm going to review, because I needed to find four things to review, as yep. usual. So I just spent about two hours playing WWE Champions on my mobile phone. Really? Um, yeah, about two hours, yeah. Almost started about, what, 6.30? Something like that. Just sat there nice. playing it. Um, WWE Champions is pretty much Puzzle Quest <sighs> with wrestling. Okay. It's, it's an RPG in sense, like those sort of things. Who is the best? Well, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not up yet. Trick question. Rikishi. Rikishi. Yeah. Right. Stone Cold Steve. Stone Cold Austin. Steve Austin. Mister Austin. Mister Austin. He's nice to be known. He used to be the ringmaster. Andre the Giant. I don't know if he's in the game. He might be. Andy Kaufman. But anyway. No. So it plays like Puzzle Quest. You you match the gems to yep. do things. Um, and there's like a momentum system involved. So whenever you do damage, it moves the momentum towards your opponent's side. Yep. And every time they do move, it moves it over to your side. And if you get to the end, you pin them. Okay. And when they're pinned, they have a certain amount of points they have to match to yep. kick out. So they get the one, two, three Ugh, to match them out and kick out. Quick question, linked to wrestling. Mm-hmm. If we were to play 2K17, could we scan our faces using your PlayStation? No, game? not on this one. 2K17 doesn't have that. Right, so... That's the way the pinning works. Your opponents have health, and the yep. lower their health, the less chance they have of kicking out. <gasps> like real life. Yeah. And they've worked in some nice stuff in there. They've worked in like uh, sort of wrestling type stuff in there. Like you Dancing. do momentum moves and stuff like that to boost. You know, if you do your signature moves, they can add the gems you need to pull off your finishing you moves. Do a taunt. Grid. So it's like working towards them. I don't know. It probably is a taunt somewhere. Just wrestlers have all got different sorts of moves. There's different types of wrestlers. They've all got like, there's six different types of wrestler, and each wrestler has an advantage over one other type. Tank. Powerhouse, Trickster, um, Showman, Wait, stuff like Loki's that. Loki's in the game. Spisa, possibly. Who knows? I don't know. There was a wrestler called Loki. What? Years ago. The the god of mischief. He was mischievous. That is. He got fired from WWE for being a bit of a dick. But he's allowed to wrestle. Yeah. The Mi- god of powers. mischief. Yeah. yeah, he's got mystical powers and all sorts. He'd turn the ropes into snakes. Yeah, he would. They wouldn't really turn into snakes. It would just be a no, vision. He'd turn, the, he'd turn the walls into spaghetti. Anyway. So, yeah, you sort of play for it. You got all these different like they, they call I can't remember the caller, but it's like you get a route and it leads towards a championship match against someone. Yeah, like along a path. the way you have yeah you have like a bunch of matches to go through and you have little side matches and you can win new wrestlers and it's got you know the really convoluted upgrade systems all these mobile phone RPG where you can get have, stuff like arm cannons. Where it's like you want to upgrade your moves, you need to upgrade all your moves to level two to level up your character to the next rank, but. You need to get the specific things to level those things up, so it's a nightmare to get. Do you um, get like do you get like pro tips in between matches? You know, like sometimes it has like pro tips on games. Like of course it, 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 does. it tells you all those. And does it does it say like the best place to inject steroids is the bum? Well, one of the items to pick up on Roman Reigns <laughs> yes. to level him up to the next level is a jar of pills. <laughs> I don't know if it's meant to be supplements. The cutscene is just the cutscene is just him going. I could, can't wait to fight Rikishi. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's quite a fun, interesting game. Like I think it would probably be better if they did like you know what they did for Marvel Puzzle Quest on consoles. They did a 
a non-free-to-play version, didn't they? That was yeah. like what you bought it, and it was like fifteen quid or something, wasn't it? And it's yeah. a really solid game, Marvel Puzzle Quest. Mm-hmm. Um, the free-to-play version does get bullshitty after a while, but yeah. um, I think this would be good if they did that. Yeah, um, it'd be a weird presentation though, because it kind of it has fights going on. So every time you do a move, your wrestlers punching, trading blows, doing moves, and all this sort of stuff. So if you did it on console, you'd, it'd be a bit awkward because you'd have to shrink down the grid. So you've got the fight going on. Yeah. You wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to split the screen in half like you do a Marvel Puzzle Quest just like going bleh, 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 like that. Yeah. It's actually proper weird. animated stuff. Like, it would be really weird to have to do the... Because like, I'm guessing the tips would have to take up the whole screen so you get like a still of a wrestler. Mm. And it'd be weird to have The Rock like doing like that and smiling and doing his eyebrow. And then at the bottom it says, remember kids, they don't check your feet for track marks. <laughs> like, just, oh, dude. <laughs> Go under the nail. <laughs> it's just... Like two wrestlers are like, we couldn't put it in our arms because they can see our arms, and we couldn't put it in our ass because we get our asses out as our finish. So we've had to inject it in our feet, and they've just got really hench legs. Don't we have strict rules against steroids these days? <laughs> they test everyone. Didn't Hulk Hogan Too come much. back and wrestle? Yeah, he's made like, out of steroids. He tried. Well, he was. His, his his skin is so thin; it's got this weird. They have a thing with like your um. If you're not a contract wrestler, like if you're only there on a per show basis, you don't get tested. So Triple H isn't on the main roster. He's, yeah, because Triple H, he's Tri- employed as a CEO of the company. He's gotten older, and the older he's got, the more hench he's got. He's just hench anyway. You've seen Have Vince you McMahon seen- with his shirt off. Yeah, Vince McMahon's massive. But he does battle ropes and stuff, and watch mm. videos of him doing yeah. workouts. And I'm like, ah, he's a racist. But um, <laughs> nah, Vince is all right. He's just. Demented. You know what? He can do as many ropes as he wants. Yeah. If I throw a machete hard enough, I did like when <laughs> if you went back to sort of like post Chris Benoit murdering his family. Say, I thought you were about to say like something really dark that it was like if you go back Chris to Benoit Poland, murdering his family. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you go back to when after Chris Benoit murdered his family, they really like they buckled down on the steroids test because they had it before, but it wasn't. They didn't care. It was very like. Do they care now? They do. They suspend people, are people massive. all the time. Like you don't get that big just through eating clean and doing weights. Brock Lesnar's huge, and he never did steroids. In um... he's been multiple times been called out for doing yeah. steroids. Different he went into the UFC, and, and he was like, "You're fucking steroided to shit. Get out of here!" And but he's no, like, it's, oh, um, "I'll come back in a month." They got really strict on it, and there was like this period where like a whole ton of wrestlers couldn't adapt their training regimes for it. <laughs> right. So they just sort of like went from being. Big, muscly, veiny-looking dudes to being a bit flabby. Um, the masterpiece, Chris Masters, like lost all his muscle. He disappeared for a while, and he because his whole gimmick was that he was like a you know he looked like some Greek statue, yeah, like massive muscles. But then he didn't, and he kept, yeah, he just he sort of lost like it. Jared before Subway. He got suspended because he got caught with having used some steroids or something like yeah. that. And when he came back, he'd completely changed his physique to like lean and tight muscles yeah. so he looked like ripped and everything but it was like because he was like 100 pounds lighter <laughs> they don't test for horse spleen but it was like there's a reason why you get wrestlers like CM Punk who's never been like when CM Punk was super ripped he looked all wrong but then he got rid of that he went lean instead and that's why wrestlers you, are getting smaller and smaller now you know Jared Leto speaking in, of that they look massive in that game yeah you know Jared Leto in uh, Suicide Squad yeah he he's pretty ripped in that Looks fucking stupid in that. I know it looks stupid, but like take off all the makeup and the shit tattoos and the crap hair, and he's pretty, pretty good looking guy, right? If you took off all the makeup and the tattoos and fur hair, you think, hey, is that the kid from Home Alone? Yeah. No, is that the kid from Panic Room? Panic Room. It was, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. That's the. No, the kid from Panic Room was Kirsten Stewart. Yeah. 
but the the bad guy who was the kid of the the robbers. Oh right, yeah, yeah. Was yeah Jared Leto. I like Panic Room. People hate that film. I really hate that film. You know why I hate that film? Why? Because they oversaturation. There became a point where like everyone had Panic Room, but everyone had that stupid free disc set that Argos sold exclusively. Oh yeah, and it went from twenty pound free disc set of a film that is basically a B movie house invasion. Yeah. From 20 quid to £3, and then everyone fucking had a copy, including myself. Did you not? No. I'll give him a copy of Panic Room, free disc special edition, director's cut. Totally more. Anyway. Preston Stewart going, oh god, I need my insulin. Anyway. I'm so cold. W Champions. It's alright so far. I think I'm going to hit the point pretty soon where it's like, what, you want to carry on? Oh, all your wrestlers are really injured. They've got no health. You're going to need some health packs. You want some health packs, do you? Just cough up the dough. Under the Moon's likes Panic Room as well. Mm, Panic Room's alright. It was very Underrated. long. If I remember, maybe it's because I've only seen that box set version. It was like three hours long. Nah, it's an hour and 45 minutes. Really? Quite, yeah. Oh, God. Uh, I'm going to have to find this box set just to yeah. prove it existed. You know, Memento. Did it come with King Arthur? Was it Memento or Momentum? Memento. Thought the Christopher Nolan film. Yeah, because there was a Memento that was about speed movement with Ben Affleck. And ben Affleck and Momentum. Film. Momentum is about speed. Is momentum, memento would make no momentum sense to be was, yeah, there you go. Memento was the keepsake thing keeping all the memories great film that also had a free disc box set but I watched every version of that film because I loved it so much they had one version was the original then they had another one that only had that had it all in chronological order that's stupid which was actually really good it was really interesting to see it like that and then they had one that was completely black and white yeah. and they were really good yeah. worth three pounds from Argos because they couldn't fucking sell it because they had like a 20 dig that's why Argos went no not Argos um, where was it Woolworths Woolworths there you Woolworths go. used to have all those box yeah. sets yeah the yeah, random Woolworths, Woolworths was where they came from. in the box set with the three discs that are just the ones off the shelf shoved yeah. inside the box and uh, the box set was blue and white and it had those film yeah had the film pattern on it no no these were like or so the three logos at an angle so Memento <laughs> had had the white box free disc edition director's cut plus cinema and then in the middle, it had like a clear space where you had the, like, it was like a, it came with the, the little um, oh, photo photos. Yeah. Um, and then Panic Room was just like this black box set that had a tiny little keyhole cut out. And when you pulled it out, you could see them hiding in the Panic Room. <gasps> like, ah, ah! And then Fight Club had one as well. I've got Fight Club that has in the it's cardboard box. It's the one box. that's like rapping. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've got yeah. that one. The one that um, on when you go Ray, through it, there's loads of quotes from people yeah. who hated the film, which is brilliant. Yeah, I had the Blu-ray that they released yeah. on Blu-ray. It was like another one that shot yeah, it's down, down there, the Fight Club, next to Fifth Element. Oh, good, good movies. Yeah. Existence is one I noticed. That's a great. film. Yeah, I got Moons to watch Existence the other day. Right. He didn't know what the fuck was going on. Pretty crazy film. He hasn't I seen. Really, I don't know if he's seen Videodrome. I can't remember if he said or not. I really like Existence because it has has Willem Dafoe in it. Yeah. And Willem Dafoe does this. Existence. Well, he gets stuck in a loop at one point. Yeah. I like that bit where they're like watching him and he's just like doing the yeah. same animations over again. He needs he needs a hollow port. You need a hollow port. Let me just get that for you. Anyway, you review a thing. My first review this week is be quick. Be, is, oh, sorry. Be quick. Oh, my first review this week <laughs> is going to be uh, Hacksaw Ridge, oh. the new Mel Gibson. Oh, one with Andrew Garfield, Andrew skinny Gar- Andrew Garfield, skinny Andrew Garfield. Yeah. I'm fat Andrew Garfield. I love that I've stolen his personality and his being. I get all the money and I get to... I like how he's managed show. to be in two films in the space of a few months. Two Oscar-nominated movies. Yeah. But, but he's, anyway. like, done, what, three films before that? Yeah. Well, no, he's done a few films before that. And he did, like, loads of music videos and stuff. He did that really, really good music video. He's in hardly any films. I can't remember. He's in hardly any films. It's weird. 
Like, because everyone's like, oh, he's an amazing Spider-Man, big hype. But he literally did Social Network, Amazing Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man 2. No, he did, um, he did that film about the kids that all get harvested for it with spoilers. Um, the one with Keira Knightley and... Um, he's been in quite a few films, dude. Nah. Yeah. Anyway, you review... But anyway, sorry, yeah, sorry, Ridge. sorry, I'm getting, I'm getting distracted. Hacksaw Ridge. So Hacksaw Ridge is the newest film by Mel Gibson. He's sort of, it's... A lot of people are saying it's his return to form because it's uh, it's a war movie. It's violent. It's bloody. It's a lot like Braveheart. It's a lot it's racist. of soldiers. It's not racism in it. Oh. There is a couple of uh, bits, but it, there's no real. There's not many black people in it either. Actually, think of course. But anyway, of course so, there isn't. He's one of those people who thinks black people didn't help out in World War Two. It's fine. It's fine. Let's ignore <laughs> that for now. Let's get to the movie. So Hacksaw Ridge is a film that's been nominated for an Oscar. It's uh, it's it's fairly well received. Um, a lot of people really like it. America are fucking eating it up. I hated it. But I hated it for a bunch of reasons. I don't think Americans are ever really going to... Well, I say Americans. This is the problem. I'm not generalising Americans because they're intelligent people. I don't think this is Is it everyone. one of those ones that makes out that you could be super noble in war and it's great and he's the best hero ever? No. So did you ever see Medal of Honor, the one with um, Robert De Niro and Terence Howard, was it? No, Robert De Niro is the one with um, Terence Howard, you racist, Cuba Gooding Jr. Cuba Gooding Jr. Jr. loses his legs and he goes and he's like, I can still do The whole film's like, I don't want you on my team because you're one of them dark-skinned ones. No, because he's lost. And then he's like, I'm going to join the team. It's doing that, but it's also about disabled soldiers still being able to Mm. fight in the war because he's got no legs. Yeah. Cuba Gooding Jr. was the best thing about Pearl Harbor. You shut your mouth about Cuba Gooding Jr. Cuba Gooding Jr. is like, I'm peeling potatoes. There's boats coming. And then it just fires. It's great. It's fantastic. Anyway, sorry. No, Hacksaw Ridge. Hacksaw Ridge is um, is a film about an American soldier who's the first conscientious objector to World War Two, and he refuses to carry a weapon into battle. Now, the film would like you to believe that it's more than about the battles and more than about the man and what he stood for. But it's also done in a way that ignores a lot of facts about that person and a lot of information that's available about that person. But anyway, we're going to get to the meat and potatoes of the story first. So, Hacksaw Ridge, young man, he is raised in a Christian household, very stringent Christians. They're taught to understand the Bible and like love thy neighbour, all that other shit. Um, but also his mum raised him as a vegetarian, which irked me because I am, as a vegetarian, going vegetarians vegan Vegetarians are wishes, wishes. No, no, no. My mm. issue is that like as much as I like films in which there's, in ve- which there's a representation of vegetarianism, I like it when people actually fucking have it as like a moral choice. Like it's like an ethical choice for them rather than it's just like, oh, my mama said that I should be a, 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 a vegetarian because you're not meant to eat me. <laughs> You know, no, you can have a running joke where he's like, "I don't like the taste of meat," and then eventually yeah. some guy turns up. He's like, "Would you suck this dick?" And he's like, "Sorry, I don't like the taste of meat." That's why you get paid all the moolah. Anyway, yeah. so um, Desmond is his name. He Desmond. goes. De- don't <laughs> he goes? He... Men of Honor. That's the name there of the film. He meets. <laughs> he meets um, Teresa Palmer, who is unbelievably underutilized in almost every film she's in, except for, um, ironically enough, the. The Twilight ripoff Warm Bodies, which was actually quite oh, good. Oh, the zombie one. Yeah, it was yeah, quite good. Yeah. It was fair. It, you know, it just wasn't received very well. But she was the main yeah. character in that. She's criminally underrated. I like her a lot. But she's in this. She plays Desmond's love interest. It's not really any real development in that. She's just like, oh, he's here. I love him. And she's like, oh, hi there. I love you too. And like, they're just fucking. Let's get married. Oh, Under the Moon's got PSVR. I'm very jealous. 
Mm. Ruins. I'm going to get one soon. Um, anyway, so uh, they fall in love, all that other shit. Blah, 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 blah. He goes to war. He goes to war training with Vince Ford. And Vince Ford's like, you're going to hold a gun. He's like, I'm not going to hold no gun. Does Vince Ford mention gonna... his penis thumb? This is a couple of times. I'm not going to hold no gun because I don't believe in shooting no one. Christianity says that's a bad idea. So he goes through war and everybody's like, he goes through training training and everybody's like, oh, you're not going to hold a gun. You're not going to shoot for your fellow man. Blah, 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 blah. Bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Eventually his dad's like, here's my son, he's gonna not hold gun, but he's gonna go war as medic. And they're like, alright, fuck it, he's going to his medic, goes in, no gun. Right? This is, the problem with all the scenes before, everything up until the first hour, hour and ten minutes, is everything is so clean. Everything is so clean and fresh, and it doesn't look like a film about war. It doesn't look like a film in which, in which America's been called to arms, and everybody has been handed their papers, or they've been drawn to the battlefield. It looks clean, like a film set. Everything looks like a film set. Every every ounce of dialogue is cliched. It's written by someone who doesn't really seem to know how humans well, talk. Well, the trailer, I didn't. I thought it looked like a, um, you know, one of those Christian show, daytime it, movies. This this is the crazy thing. So yeah. I, when the, I saw Mel Gibson's name come up as director, I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> there are digital backgrounds where there don't need to be digital backgrounds. Ooh. Poorly panned oh. digital backgrounds as well. So there'll be scenes where Do people... Do dislike are digital backgrounds. Fucking so much. When they're not properly composited into the scene... It's when you remember G.I. Joe, and there's a, there's one scene where they walk out onto a dock, yeah, and it's inside, and the only thing that's real is the dock they're stood on. The boat's fake, the water's fake, yeah. the walls are fake. Like there's about three foot of wall, everything's fake. And this, it's like this is the madness. <laughs> this is the madness, though, right? So that scene, at least, nothing mm. juddered up and down, nothing sank in and out. It just was digital. It looked digital. Yeah. This. So take Andrew Garfield and Vince Vaughn walking along. They're walking along. You can see their heads bobbing up and down, but. And they move as they're moving. So, you know, like, as someone walks at pace, yeah. as your legs separate, you take a step, you duck down, you get up a little bit. That's how walking works. That's the mechanics of the human body. But in the background, the sky, someone has clearly taken their movements as where the where the background is, and the sky goes like that slightly. And you can see it happening. And I don't think normal people are going to pick up on this. And I think this is how it got an Oscar. But you can see this, this, the actual clouds in the background go like, as if it's panning up and down with their heads. No, oh As in they've just gone, all right, so there's a head. So frame, they did the shot and then they, they moved the entire shot instead of moving yeah. just their element of the shot. Yeah. It's like, it's like, I mean, at the most, what you would do is you would put a perspective point miles away and do a 3D model and move it like that. dabbing? A dab. But you do a, you do a 3D model so that if there is any movement on the horizon, it would be minimised in the distance yeah. and maximised there. So then the buildings would move the right amount. But, it's like, but you're it's, saying it looks like a digital pan yeah, up and down. It's a steady cam shot in which the only thing that should be moving is the sky gently going across and two people moving as they naturally move. Yeah. But it's someone's taken a steady cam shot and either tried to make it look like it's not a steady cam by making it move up and down as if it's filming a natural piece of dialogue. And someone so they tried to make take, it look handheld. Yeah, and, so, and then someone's taken the background and gone, oh, then. or someone's tried to digitally put in a background because it was a dark day or if it maybe wasn't the, the scene that they wanted, they wanted like blue skies and they've gone, all right, blue skies, blue skies. And they've gone like, okay, so how I'm going to frame this I'm going to frame it with a background shot no because we're going to edit that out get rid of those trees and we're just going to have this and it's fucking ridiculous and it's not even just there so the big battle scene the, the probably the thing uh, well, probably the, spoil the film I'm not going to spoil the film probably the thing that's most glaringly obvious to me are the battle scenes digital digital shit so like okay so Hacksaw Ridge is a fake ridge in this film it's not very well made it's not very well shot it's not very well done on film so so take take when they go they go oh look there's Hacksaw Ridge that's where everyone's dying guys we've gotta gotta take this 
expanse of land for some fucking reason, but we don't really explain it. And then they're like, oh god, look at that, it's really high. And then and then you get a shot of it, and it it's like someone's taken a miniature like that big, and they've gone, they've taken a picture of it, and they've just placed it there, and they're all like. God, look how tall that is. <laughs> They've clearly not been told how tall it is because they're going like... And then behind it, again, more digital backgrounds. And so they all have to go up it. And as they go up it, they get to the top, they're like crawling over. And they're like, oh God, we're going up Hexor Ridge. And they're like, and you're, you're sort of following the backs of men. And then as they go over, the, the background stays the same as it was when they're going over and only steadily pans like that. So it's as if the camera the camera is focusing like that and the sky's going like that and the camera goes like <laughs> and it's just the focus point of the background still. Oh dear. So it doesn't it doesn't go like it doesn't go like oh it goes like it goes like huh and it goes <laughs> it's so bad and no one notices it except for me. I swear, like people are fucking lapping this shit up and, and You sure you haven't gone blind in one eye? I'm hundred percent sure. And there's like scenes like there's a fire scene. I'm not gonna spoil the context of the fire Stop scene. Spoiling all the there's film. a tunnel and there are people running away like, oh god, no fire and the fire comes and instead of the fire like like being like an element, being like someone that's pushing stuff forward, there's like not debris and shit flying around. Instead people just sort of go like, What? I'm in the fire now <laughs> It's like Buffy. Oh. It's like Buffy level special effects in a big budget movie. I think Buffy's Vampire Slayer special effects. There was a scene in which one character is being dragged across a battlefield and the background is so fucking fake and people haven't changed it enough for it to be evident that it's like... So, like, you'll see some guy running, he's dragging someone along and then it'll be like a side-on thing and it'll be the same background, same clouds and everything and it'll cut back to him dragging this person along it's the same background, same clouds and everything and it's so glaringly obvious that you're seeing two of the same thing. Oh, no, just, all, all master uh, filmmakers can make mistakes, man. Oh. You've seen Clint Eastwood with his classic watching the kid in the rain in Gran Torino, and then it cuts yeah. to him, and it's the reflections. But anyway, sunshine. Fuck it, fuck it. I'm just, I'm just done. I can't keep talking about it unless, and or I'll spoil it. It is, it is like a pure flicks film. It is mm. on par with God, not, God's Not Dead. It's as good as Christian Christian Mingle. It's no, it's not as good as Christian Mingle because that was fucking hilarious. That's the story <laughs> of deception in the Christian, like Christian society. That was fucking mm. funny as hell. And also, it had that hot chick from Mean Girls. Uh, Lacey Chabert. Oh God. Yeah. Mint uh, But anyway, so I give Hacksaw Ridge. Me. I give Hacksaw Ridge. Uh, I'm gonna give it uh, Rob Schneider. It's not as bad as Adam Sandler because it got out of there. You know, it got out of Grown Ups too, but it's pretty fucking. Is bad. he not in Grown Ups too? No, he got out of there. Was he busy or something? Well, no, he's got loads of stuff going on. He produces movies. He's got a TV show. He's got a TV show. Real does podcasts and stuff. He's, he's on an episode. Well. He um, came on an episode of Game Grumps after they were. They were ripping into him. Really? Yeah, they were ripping into because he's got that show, Real Rob, and Aaron was like, I can't figure it out because it's like, it's meant to be him. But he's writing the show and he's depicting himself as a complete asshole. <laughs> so then he came on the show with his wife and they chatted and stuff. And then apparently they was like, because I haven't got to the episode yet, it's like, it's on, because only now I'm eight months behind on yeah, Game yeah. Grumps. Um, apparently they were saying, because they, they've recorded it long before they actually showed it. So yeah. they were talking about it. And they were saying that they were talking about doing podcasts and stuff like that. And Rob Snyder was like, no, don't do that. You got something way better here. Just keep doing this. <laughs> this is awesome oh. way cool but apparently he hung around for a while he's a cool guy Steve-O just like left the moment apparently Steve-O was super punctual but he left instantly oh really yeah, yeah. he's um, really got stuff to do like, yeah, tell you what's the, they've been doing a few guest grumps and one they did was um, with uh, Raleigh Ritchie the guy who's in um, Game of Thrones oh yeah yeah, yeah. Um, what his name he was fucking hilarious on I know. that show he's really funny I yeah. watched that one um, but anyway yeah so uh, Hacksaw Ridge Rob Schneider he, mm. you know behind the scenes this was probably really interesting hmm 
I think it was really interesting because... Do you think they shot it in a closed set on a green screen, the whole film? Yeah, lots yeah. of it. I think lots of it was done cleanly. We did that with Apocalypto, though, for a lot of Apocalypto. Yeah, and Apocalypto looked great. Yeah. So it must just not be the same VFX guy, or it must just be a lower studio. This is way of doing things, shot off in a room. So, all right, so you find out in the beginning he's a vegetarian. That's all you need to know. His mum told him to be a vegetarian, he's a vegetarian. But there's a scene on a battlefield with two guys talking, and the guy goes, guy goes oh, you're going to eat your rations? He's like, no, nah, I don't eat meat. And the guy's like, I figured. And then goes and takes it and starts eating it. And I was like thinking to myself, who's that in there for? <laughs> Why is that bit of dialogue in there? It's because he thinks he They've already like bonded. So you don't need another scene in which they're finding stuff out about each other. What are you building towards? You know what I mean? He's just racist against vegetarians. No, he's just an idiot. No. You might not be an idiot. I kind of like... I like Mel Gibson. Like, I like... Old Mel Gibson. I like Payback and I like Ransom and I like Lethal Weapon 1, 2 and 3, maybe not 4. I like I like all that shit. I like Mad Max. It's just... Air America. Air America's quite good. Yeah. This is not that racist. Fresh Face Robert Downey Jr. It is Fresh Face Robert Downey Jr. Being mm. like, I took the guns but I was trying to do good. Pocahontas. Pocahontas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, was it Kevin Klein was in The Hunchback of Notre Dame? Yeah. Great yeah. movie. Yeah. Hellfire. That's a great song. That's fucking awesome. I don't really want to watch Hunter Dragon Roger now. Right. Oh. So we've wasted 30 minutes on two reviews. I've got to edit this shit. Right. <laughs> um, I'm going to review very quickly because this happened two weeks ago. It happened like the night we were recording last time. Um, and get the WWE stuff out of the way. WWE did a tournament, a UK tournament, to oh, crown yeah. a WWE UK champion. I watched um, all 10 minutes of this. The first night, which I had watched last time but I didn't talk about... The first night was like an establishing that there's 16 wrestlers you have to churn through eight matches quite quickly and get it down to the quarterfinals and all that yeah. for the next night. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first night was pretty like they didn't really have time to introduce you properly to the wrestlers. They just showed a little vignette of each character and like cause they're all British wrestlers and you know, there's only one of them who's been on WWE before, um, which I don't even know his name. He was on NXT. One of those non-entity types you don't remember. Um, hats off to them for not filling the show with their wrestlers they've already got. Yeah. Because they've got quite a few British wrestlers now. They could have just chucked them in. But no, they used all wrestlers from Progress Wrestling, from ICW, from a whole bunch of British wrestling organisations. Mm-hmm. Um, some of whom are really well known. There's Pete Dunne was in there. Pete Dunne is like, he's one of those guys where if you talk to independent wrestling fans, he's the guy they think is going to be a huge deal in a few years. Would your tagline be, not done yet? I think he does say that. Yeah. Um, he usually hangs out with two other wrestlers Trent Seven who is in the show and Tyler Bate and they hang around as a group and they sort of put their East End hard men what, there's, what was really cool with the tournament the first night just went through but during the night the main event of the night was involved the wrestler called Tyler Bate and he's like 19 years old and I've never seen someone that young as a wrestler command the crowd the way he did it was like a veteran who's been like in there Conor for like McGregor. 20 years what the rest the UFC fighter yeah. no but Tyler Bate 19-year-old kid, he's got his hair all slicked back, he's got a little moustache, he's like, very, he, he comes across like a proper gentleman, like you expect him to roll fisticuffs like mm-hmm, this. Mm-hmm. Way more mature than you'd think a 19-year-old wrestler should be. Apparently he's been wrestling for a few years because there seems to be no um, age laws in the UK. Um, and he stole the show in this main event. And Pete Dunne did a great match earlier in the night. Um, the next night was much more story-focused. So it was building up the two characters. So you had Tyler Bate fighting away, doing what he could, getting injured, all this sort of stuff. Pete Dunne just destroying everyone he was coming up against. Yeah. And it was like, I was like, oh, it's going to be one of those two who's probably going to win. Mm. I was leaning towards Pete Dunne. I thought Trent Seven maybe because he's like quite well known around the world. But they eliminated him quite quickly. And it builds towards this main event. And 
Pete Dunne beats the shit out of Tyler Bate the moment he gets through to the final. Really? Um, so he's all injured and he's still like, I'm going to compete, I'm going to compete. So the final match is like a guy who's known for brutalising his opponents and he's like one of those mat wrestling... He killed him, didn't he? He's sort of guys who like twist fingers around stuff oh, like that. Oh, he killed him, didn't he? Someone's going to die. Tyler Bate won. What? 19-year-old Tyler Bate won the championship. Like, this, he's 19 years old. This is probably the first WWE event he attended. I'm glad that the And script, he wrestled three matches and won. I'm glad the script pointed to him winning. Yeah. But it was it was quite interesting because the first night you just think oh they've just chucked him in the main event because he's quite an entertaining fellow leave the show on a high note yeah good guy wins at the end mm-hmm. but the second night the way the story all played out all the little elements that built towards the main event it was one of the best piece of storytelling WWE's done in years oh really for one night only that was like watching a wrestling uh, movie of some kind um, oh like ready to rumble yeah but good hey um, David Arquette is prime <laughs> Oliver Platt. That guy from re- from Hawaii Five O, the remake. One of the aunts from Sabrina the Teenage. One of the Witch. aunts from Sabrina Zelda. the Teenage Witch. Zelda, that's it. Yeah. Do you want to see crabs? No. Big Show. <laughs> yeah, Big Show's in it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Diamond great... Dallas Page. Sting. Sting wasn't. I don't think Sting was. Yeah, Sting was. Was he? Yeah, at the end. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, great movie. UK tournament was excellent. Um, the only thing is, it's been not two weeks now, and they've not mentioned anything about doing anything else with them. Although Tyler Bate was in the crowd at NXT last night, so I think he's going to be in the Royal Rumble, um, which makes sense. Give him a bit of push, let him be known. But that mm-hmm. kid's fucking like Pete, Pete Dunne's young. Pete Dunne's twenty three, and he's really good. This kid's nineteen, and one of the he's like a prodigy. Still not done yet. Like they have wrestlers in WWE who they've been training for years, who have been there, been wrestling for like 10, 15 years, and don't get how to command the crowd like he does. <laughs> like he's he eggs them on he cheers them on he like gets them going on his side he like plays up for the for the camera and stuff mm. like that does all the right things um, the highlight of the whole event though there was one guy he's a wrestler he's a bit of a hippie he's a vegetarian it's part of his thing big long beard long hair he's wrestling the guy all the crowd yeah. start chanting let's go Jesus in one half yep <laughs> the other half start chanting Jesus sucks I remember I was there <laughs> it was amazing let's go <laughs> Jesus Jesus secretly, sucks secretly I've not been training to walk 100k I've been training mm. to join the WWE yeah you should do that try it I'm not there yet am I <laughs> look at these arms they're basically noodles yeah I could teach you and you know in the space of two years you could be cruiserweight champion <laughs> I like that how much do they get paid um, depending on the wrestler, you get a minimum you get in about thirty odd thousand a year. Thirty odd thousand a year. Yeah. I mean that's not great, but I'll uh, take it. But you, you know, if you get an NXT, you'll be in one location, so you know that helps. What You've would my name be? What would be my walk-on name? Because I could be, I could be Matt Klaus. That doesn't sound British. No. I'd have to be Matt Smith. No. <laughs> they call me the Doctor. MC Laus. MC Laus. Yeah, you can't rap into the ring. No, they'll think I'm from Portugal <laughs> or Cyprus. Where's Laus? Laos, that's in Indonesia. Indonesia. No, Laos is a place. Laos, yeah. Laos, Laos. Is it country? Because King of the Hill, the neighbour, Hans, Hank's neighbour in King Hill. I'm not, I'm not Chinese, I'm Laosin. Ah, uh, okay. Laosun. <laughs> yeah, anyway. So I could be from Laos. UK tournament, really good. Yeah? It's on WWE Network, you can just watch it back. Would you say it's, a, well, I can't, I don't subscribe to WWE Network. I have two. Get a month free? No, because I've already, I'm already. It's only 9 a month. I have, I have Netflix. Yeah. I only really need Netflix. Anyway. But, because, uh, you know, Netflix has My Best Friend's Girl in 4K for some fucking reason. You've got He-Man on there now. Yeah, not in 4K, though. It might be. Who knows? Anyway. Yeah. Make your second review. All right. Okay. My... Is it only my second? Yeah, you've wasted so much time. My second review is Resident Evil 7. I'm a very big fan of Resident Evil. It You're not going to save this for the end review. all time. 
I genuinely love the Resident Evil series. One through three have so many fond memories with me. Actually, number three was the first time I ever recorded myself playing a video game, and it was with my best friend, Paul, at the time. I'm not going to say my best friend now. It's not you. Um, but anyway, I'm joking. We're Yu-Gi-Oh! fighting next week. We're going to become mortal enemies. Anyway, so my, my best friend at the time, Paul Hart and me, we played through the entirety of Resident Evil 3. And we recorded it on video cassette so we could rewatch it later. Like oh. a movie. Super sad, I on know. video? Yeah, I know. Tape. Uh, oh. you got to remember digital recording was available when we did this. But anyway, so we played through the whole of Resident Evil 3. I played through 1, 2. I played through both storylines on 2. I took all the time getting all the secret bits and pieces. I fucking loved it. I consumed every bit of Resident Evil media. Yeah. played through Gaiden. I played through Code Veronica on the Dreamcast when it was first released. I had Survivor or Gun Survivor, as yeah, it was that. called in the UK. Yeah, I remember Paul coming around to play it. My mate, Paul. Yeah. Um, I, I took me one out of ten minutes to finish it. He finished it in 50 minutes, just churned through it. Yeah. And we were just like, that's Once a piece of shit. That's the thing, though. <laughs> Once you completed it three times and you got the special gun that didn't need ammo and didn't need to reload, you can complete it in 15 minutes. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Though. I know. It's terrible. Um, but anyway, I played the remasters. I played set Zero. I played everything. Uh, as much mm. as I could consume. I even had Resident Evil 4 on the GameCube. I bought the week of release on the two DGD mm. whatever I used to have um, I imported a magazine from Japan for Mitsu magazine that had a demo, demo of it yeah. yeah a year in advance I sold that for 40 quid Jesus yeah. but anyway so yeah Resident <laughs> Evil it's, it's one of those franchises that's in, is endured it's been through everything Yeah. and recently they've had their 7th iteration of that series it's the 7th official because you've got stuff like Gun Survivor it's like the 400th game in the series no it's not the 37th or something like that God, I think I had um, you've also got the two games that we haven't had a chance to play uh, Outbreak 1 and 2 Outbreak got released over here. Case one, Outbreak, you never had online two. though. No, but I've got Outbreak Case One. I've never had the chance to play it through because yeah. PS Two broke before. Yeah, they were shit play. games anyway. No, they were quite good if I remember correctly. Anyway, so um, oh, and Gun Survivor Three, uh, which was Dino Crisis, wasn't it? it was no, the uh, Gun Survivor Four was Dino Crisis. One of the Gun Survivors was a Dino Crisis yeah, game. But yeah. Gun Survivor Three was the one on the boat. Dead yeah. Aim. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Resident yeah. Evil Dead Aim. Yeah. And I never played. I only played Gun Survivor Two in the arcade. I didn't I play Dead arcade. Aim. I've got a motion. I've got a move controller. Can we add... Well, we don't have a copy of... We don't have the PS2. It's a PS2 game. PS3, isn't it? No, PS2. Oh, um, but anyway, so that's besides the point. I have a massive love for the series. And I played Resident Evil 5 and 6. I played through all storylines on 6. I was really trying to just get through it because I just I wanted to consume it. It's fucking awful. It's not great. The problem with Resident Evil 6 is there are there are great elements to it. The problem with Resident Evil 6 is start playing the Too Many Cooks song right now. Yeah, that's the problem because you've got you've got Chris's campaigns like five, you've got Leon's campaign is like four, you've got the weird um, Jake and Rebecca. Is that the guy who punches No, Jake and, um, who is it? It's a little Cheryl. Jake yeah. and Cheryl. They've got their weird beeline where it's just like he's fighting stuff by fists and is there's Yakuza involved. He's yeah. related to Wesker. He's got antibodies in his blood that he thinks can cure the T-virus or the P-virus or whichever virus they were on at the time. Um, it might be Las Plagas. You don't want a P-virus. Well, it's pro- progenitor virus oh. was what it stood for. So it's anyway... Um, Resident Evil 7. Resident Evil 7. So Resident Evil 7 is sort of like a fresh start. It's yeah. not It's not linked... Like all the others were linked. They were like a soap opera. They were all people that you knew in the series. Yeah. This one is Ethan... He's a man who is looking to find his wife. She's left him a cryptic message on his laptop by email, and he's going out to go find her. He finds Mia and uh, or Maya. I can't fucking know how Americans pronounce it. He finds Maya, and um, I'm going to change it now. He finds Maya, and that's where the mystery begins because she sort of flips out. Um, if you play the demo, it's all first person. It's the same sort of thing, first person, um, and it it is in VR. I haven't played it in VR. I really kind of want to because I've heard it's quite good. 
I've heard yeah, but don't spend money on a VR. No, I'm not going to. Yeah, I'm hoping they're going to go down to 200 in about three months, and I'll buy one. Yeah, give it time. Yeah, <laughs> um, but this game is is good. It's really good. There's a couple of issues I have with it, but I'd still say it's a solid. Like, if I was to give it a number, I would agree with most publications have said nine out of ten, eight out of ten. Mm. It's right. It's there. That's that's where it is. But. It feels fresh, I imagine, for Resident Evil. It feels Evil. fresh, but it's also... I mean, um, not in the terms of first-person horror no, games. No, no. So, so um, there are a lot of first-person horror games now, nowadays, like yeah. Fear, Condemned, Left 4 Dead. A million pieces of shovelware on Steam. A million pieces of shovelware on Steam. But the big AAA titles, all the ones like that, are... Uh, are uh, there's something about them. They're fast. They're always fast, and it's all about jump scares. It's all about reacting to something mm. happening to you quite quickly. Resident Evil... Still has quickness to it. Still has speed. It has scripted moments and scripted moments that happen organically within the environment when you mm-hmm. go there. So um, there are some points where enemies can come through doors, and the way they come through doors is they'll make a big impact into the door, and then they'll walk through, and the splintered remains of the door will just like drop around their body, and it looks really good. Yeah. And they can do it with walls in certain places as well. Like in the trailer, you can see Jack, one of the I think the the father of the the family of hillbillies or mad people that are in this place. He busts for a walk, but instead of hitting a hole for it, he just sort of walks through and it crumbles around him, cascading down his shoulders and stuff to his shape. And it looks incredible. Um, but your reaction... So like when Homer Simpson walks through the bush. Yeah, kind of like Homer Simpson walks through the bush, but the bush actually collapses around him. Um, <laughs> one of the great things about it, though, are that it sort of back, harkens back to the first Resident Evil hmm. and the limitations of computer technology then. Because instead of being about quick reactions and things like that, you move slowly. Yeah. You, you you can run, but you're better, better off like sort of running, hiding. Your weapons, whilst effective against the moulded, which are the new enemies, not zombies, they're sort of people that have been mutated by gunk. So they've got like jagged bits and they're all like lumpy and they've got like the stuff rolling around them like veins. A bit like the Las Plagas, you know, when they like had arms burst yeah. out and stuff. It's a bit like that. Um, so, you know, that's the, that's the the those are really the only two enemies. That's the thing. There's like some bugs here and there. But for the most part, you'll find the moulded and the family. And each of the family has a different trait, like the mum uses something, the dad uses something, the daughter and the son. But you move slow. Oh. So when you raise your gun, there's a second, and then gun's up. Mm. When you're turning, you're turning, you're turning. You know, when you've got a gun up and you're turning, you're like... Yeah. You know, and it, it could be one of two things. It can be a calculated move by Capcom to make this game the way it is, or yeah, it could be... It, that's all they've always done, though, restricting movement to yeah. create tension. Or it could be that they've accidentally cre- created that tension by using VR as a platform they wanted to develop a game for. Yeah, you don't want to, like, um, go too fast in VR because motion sickness... People already complain about motion sickness with that game, though. Apparently there's different yeah. control methods when you're in VR. Yeah. Because um, loads of people have said they've been getting, like, properly sick playing it. Yeah. Um, mm. Some people were absolutely fine though. Apparently, people that used to be um, have issues with VR aren't finding as many issues with this, and then other people that didn't have issues are finding it's just it's a whole fucking mess, isn't it? Because mm. VR still it depends on it's one of those things where it's like you know like how some people are sensitive to sixty frames per second, some aren't. Mm. It's one of those things like because it's going to be the frame rate and the refresh rate on the screen and how convincingly it makes your brain think you're moving. Mm-hmm. But then there's a point where like if your brain doesn't feel inertia of movement, it's going to feel discombobulated. Yeah, and, and then you're, that's, that's where motion sickness so. comes in. Yeah. Um, but anyway, Resident Evil 7, it's a good game. It looks really nice. It's really well made. I don't know if the tension's on purpose. Mm. Like I, said, I don't know if it's because they wanted VR to be so heavily integrated into it or if they just... You know, they they made VR as a buy point and they planned the tension. 
But it it's a game that's got me hooked. I'm going to continue playing it. I'm going to play on the harder difficulty. I'm going to do what I do with every Resident Evil game, and I'm going to absorb as much of it as I can because I'm like that. It's still got like ink ribbons and stuff on it. Well, it's got save tape points. recorders. You've got yeah. save points, and you've got it has an automatic save between points. Yeah, I heard there's like a auto saves every now and again. Yeah, so it doesn't it doesn't matter massively if you don't. That's not a bad idea though if you're in VR though, because if you start no. feeling gross or anything, you don't you want to be and take it off. Yeah, um, but still, I'm enjoying it. It's really solid. Um, you know what's come before will always be better but I don't know if that's just because I'm a product of my time the Playstation 1 when I got a game on the Playstation 1 it wasn't whether or not the graphics were good or not it was what my mind made of that situation and now because graphic fidelity is so high it's it's sort of integrated into the story for a lot of things you need to be aware of those little bits that are like glittering or you need to be looking into the scenery to find something you think you might be able to pick up it's not like back in the day where they had the massive flashes where stuff was you know an item oh I like that stuff I like that stuff I like gamey well. stuff yeah but you know More gamey games should stuff be willing to do gamey stuff it's been disappearing for a while I got disappointed with Metal Gear Solid 5 when items didn't float that bothered me in Resident Evil Metal Gear Solid 5 oh what where they didn't float and spin yeah yeah that was like that's such a gamey thing. Like the game's dumb as fuck. That game is, and they that were like, "It's not our flowy things." That game took a turn as soon as the the demon people came. Yeah, that's like, about two hours in. Yeah, it took a turn. That game, like, there's the point where you get towards the final acts of it, and it doesn't happen. Mm. It's just like, hey, you should replay these older missions on a harder difficulty. Said, can I have an ending? No, no, you can't. But anyway, Resident Evil Seven. Give it Susan Sarandon. You'd give Susan Sarandon. But um, I'll give it Susan's Round. It's a great game. It's very classy. Um, and it's got some... It does have some great shit in there. Like, yeah. it's it's a game that makes me a little bit little bit nervous at times. But most of that's linked to... Uh, oh, you got scared. No, no, it's a bit like... It's a bit like Slender. There's a little mm. bit of jump scariness in there. Like, there's a... I'm not going to ruin the point where it happens because it's, it's fairly early on, so it's not an issue, but I don't want to ruin it for people who haven't expected. But you, there's a point where you're walking down a corridor... And you've just checked, you've just run away from the guy, but you don't realise there's another corridor going around the other side. So you, you can just about hear this faint footsteps. It's just like, and then it disappears. Mm. And then obviously they sneak around. And as you go forward, he just comes around the corner, but he swings. So he does the old yeah. one foot down planted and he swings a bit like Jason used to do. Yeah. And he's just there holding this big old shovel and he's like, welcome to the family, son. <laughs> Lots of summoners. I think they could have reworked that game and made it um, survive in a serial killer with him. Imagine, like a Michael Myers thing. They in, could have, but so much of that shit's coming out already. Yeah. I think that they wanted to... I think it'd be quite similar to Alien Isolation, I guess, yeah. wouldn't it? I love Alien Isolation. Alien Isolation is a really good game, and there are elements of that in it's here. It's the best door opening simulator that's ever been made. Yeah. There are, so many different types of doors this to open. feels similar to Alien Isolation. Yeah. But only if, like, Alien Isolation had an ending. Because that didn't I need to have finish an ending. that one day. That, like, the problem with Alien Isolation is that it was a ten-hour idea hmm. done beautifully... Hmm. for about five hours and then there's another ten hours of just what and then there's five hours of beauty again so I just like walking around in isolation looking at all the stuff going this is lovely look at the TV screen look at that little robot toy why is there so many of these robot toys (laughs) I like that Alien Isolation you get to a point and you construct your weapons that can hinder the robots Mm. and then you get to another point where you've got like weapons that will melt the robots sweet I need to melt them because they piss me off because you get like the flamethrower and stuff you can use on them but then you've got robots that can't be electrocuted because they're using they're working in the server room. Yeah. So you can't ever be electrocuted. And then you've got robots that you can just beat to death with a fucking wrench. Yeah, I got to one bit in the game where a whole bunch of them kept jumping at me. I had to escape from this area. I couldn't get past them without <laughs> being seen. And I just ended up bolting for the door and they kept getting in the lift with me. 
And I was like, get the fuck out. Eventually I managed to get in and just hit the button and move. But You um, can kill them with the um, shotgun. Yeah, I didn't. I think this is like this is quite early on. Mm. I had that. But yeah, yeah. Oh, the stun stick as well. That was a great thing. Yeah. We stunned them with that, and they were. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah. So I give this a season surround of Resident Evil Seven. Mm. I I recommend it to anyone who's a fan of Resident Evil horror games in general. I recommend it. If you're a fan of first person shooters and you think this might be for you, it is not a first person shooter. There are elements of that, but it's not you know just that. That's not how this film, this game works. I say it shouldn't. You don't want to have a, a horror game like that would be broken if you had proper if you had like if you could shoot like you can on Doom in one of those first person horror games. Yeah, it wouldn't work. It was like boom boom headshot. Oh well done it. Cool. Wicked. Yeah, fuck, I finished the game. Yeah, sweet. Um, right. I'm gonna review Right, I've only seen half this series, but I've been watching a Doctor Who spin off called Class. Which I didn't even realise had happened yet. I remember them talking about it about a year ago, and apparently it was on last year. Um so I bought the Blu rays. And, uh, yeah, it's basically, as a concept, easy way to describe it, imagine if Doctor Who was set in a high school Buffy the Vampire Slayer style. And that's what it is. Yeah? Yeah. So, basically, the setting is um, Cole Hill High School, which has been in Doctor Who a whole bunch of times ever since the very first episode of Doctor Who with William Hartnell. It's like, it's they've sort of gradually over the years made out Cole Hill's like an epicentre of um, intergalactic weirdness. Um, and what's happening in this show, there's like these tears in space and time that are opening and monsters keep coming through. So Doctor Who, Doctor, has turned up at the end of the first episode. He's gone, oi, you bunch, you got involved in this little thing here. Deal with this shit. I'm going to go travel through space and time. Granted, he could go anywhere he wants and come back in 30 seconds and deal with any of the problems. Yeah. But Doctor Who's never been great at turning up at the moment he should wants to. No. He kind of turns up at the moment the TARDIS wants him to. Yeah. Um, there's a whole mixture of characters. There's the two two of the characters. One of them's a teacher. One of them's a student. They're secretly aliens from another world. He was the prince of that world. His the teacher murdered everyone on the planet. Well, these aliens came, murdered everyone on the planet. She had been captured because she was a rebel. He put a bug in her brain. Now she has to obey every rule he gives her. So she he's like base. She's basically like his slave. And this keeps coming up like the morality of it. Like animals, the yeah, Zergs. <laughs> but it's like no Zergs from Star Starcraft. No, no Zergs. Zorks, Zergs, no, but, they, but the Animorphs, Tobias became an eagle, and you can only be an eagle for like two hours, and he became an eagle, and he stayed an eagle, and he was oh, stuck there, and he, he, in the end he was like, oh god, I, I, I'm starting to think like an eagle, like I can't, because he couldn't turn back, it was really sad, it's that not was like animals. The- it's not like animals, but, um, so yeah, there's this whole, like there's a whole morality thing coming up where like, you know, on his planet, that's just a regular punishment. Like, if someone's committed a heinous crime of treason, they basically have to serve the royalty to pay penance for the crimes they did. Yeah. They must protect them, keep the keep the prince alive. Obviously, his entire family and planet like wiped out. He's got a closet, this little cupboard thing. Looks Does like. Does he come out of the closet? No, no he's, he's gay. He's super gay. There's oh, gay really? sex in it. Like, really? Like, yeah, yeah. I'm going to watch yeah. it then. Um, he's got this little cupboard thing, which is like basically the ultimate, like, weapon. If he can open it, it's got the souls of everyone who's ever died on his planet. And what they'll do is he'll take, he'll basically unleash it on another race if he wants to. 
Okay, and what then did use souls it do they? Because they're not real. They basically destroy everything. They like how they're ghosts. It's magic. It's it's like you super said it science. was sci-fi. It's sci-fi and stuff. It can be anything sci-fi, man. Any any magic sci-fi. Eventually, are they nanites. But they basically what they would do is they'd seek no, out every no, life no. on that planet. Yeah, everyone, each one would hit a life and kill them. It sounds like a Scientology. So there's a whole thing where he's like he could wipe out this enemy race that wiped out his planet if he wants to, how but he's Tom not Cruise going to. You? It's not Scientology. Because sure? um, they sound like fetans. There's another character. He's a footballer. Yeah, it's called Ram. He's a lad in the high school. He gets his lad. leg cut off in the first episode. Jesus fucking. The God. doctor gives him a robot leg, and he can't use it as well. So that's like a thing right. where he's like, oh, no, that's no. his. That's him. This sounds a yeah. lot like. Do you remember that? We've all got the little teenage problems. Yeah. Do you, yeah. There's a 14 year old girl who's in their year. She's like in the like she's wait she's super smart and she's been put in their year. Yeah. Um, and all of them have like people who have died in the past, and that comes into episode three. The whole thing's about loss and all this sort of stuff. So they like there's like little things where they they plop down a little thread somewhere and then they pick it up in another episode later, which is quite nice. No, um, and the main character of the show is this girl who's like to use this weapon. That the idea is what the weapon would Don't do. Point that at me. What the weapon would do is it would kill whoever she shoots at. It would kill her at the same time. Oh right, no way. Which is a bad thing. The idea no, is because cool. the only way to kill the the shadow creatures is yeah. to basically take them out of time and space and that's what the gun does Okay, but she gets a glance in blow on one instead of an actual shot Yeah, and she doesn't realise it's going to kill her and what it does is it puts her heart in his body they both share the same heart and so quantumly existed in two places at once so he can feel what she feels she can occasionally feel what he feels There, he's off in some other part of the galaxy like 9,000 light years away mm-hmm. um, and he wants his heart back because he's the king of these shadow creatures and he's like super angry that he's so sharing a heart with a little girl. So the king annoying. came down and yeah, actively engaged in battle. Yeah. Straight away. Yeah. Without knowing the enemy, he Their gets whole in purpose is basically to wipe out whatever civilization they feel like wiping out. It seems like a very flawed plan for somebody to leave. I mean, they kill people. one of the characters they set up as like a main character in the first episode. Oh, really? It's a bit like Feast then. Yeah. It's quite, it's quite violent. They just kill people off all the time. Do you remember the film Feast? Yeah, yeah, the weird, um, not zombie things, but they're monsters that eat everyone, don't they? Yeah. Cannibal monsters, yeah. Jason Mewes in it. Yeah. But there's, um, it's it's like, it's kind of like Torchwood a bit, in tone. You've got me, you've got me interested now, because yeah. you said gay sex. Yeah. You had my time. Yeah. There is I some straight sex, though. Uh, mm. But, um. If I want straight sex, I'll have sex with my girlfriend. If I want gay sex, I can't have sex with another man. You could if you wanted to. I've tried. Oh. But, um. <laughs> you didn't notice. Oh. It's not sex if one of us doesn't come. Oh. And it's only from the chase I really get. You know. Once I've got you, I don't know what to do with you. I'm like a dog chasing a car. Movie reference. What's up? From the Garfield movie. Yeah. Starring Bonnie Moynihan. But it's um it's an alright show so far, four episodes yeah. in. It's you know, campy and silly like Doctor Who tends to be. Do you remember um, the Weevils? What? Was it the Weevils? What? In Torchwood? I've watched like two episodes of Torture when this is shit. Oh, right. No, but they were weevils and Captain Jack Harkness liked to fuck everything. Oh, yeah, he loved doing that, yeah. Yeah, he liked to fuck everything. That was all Torture. Well, he got all of time and space. Torture. Get bored. Torture was essentially a film about. No, sorry, a series about one man's journey across the universe with his dick. Well, there's lots of. Well, when, you, when, you're in, when you're immortal and you can travel through time. But he wasn't immortal. He was. He was immortal. No, they found out that he wasn't immortal because you know that. What is that giant head that's that in the eight face of bow? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they call him the face of Bo. Yeah, but no, he lived for thousands and thousands of years, Jack yeah. Honest, and end up becoming a head in a job. 
he there's some I can't remember well, some shit happened that basically messed his life. Yeah, yeah. So he, he was didn't in the technically. TARDIS. He was in the TARDIS when the thing went off, and then he became immortal. Technically, his okay. What was it? Um, his body doesn't. His body exists at all points in time at yeah. once. So that's the reason he can't die is because effectively he lives forever. His body doesn't exist and then in he time. Fought, he fought Spike from Buffy. Did he? I didn't see yeah. when that turned up. Oh. Anyway, James so Masters. the Weevils. Why didn't he fuck a weevil? Probably did. Use it as a flashlight. Yeah, he fuck a weevil. It's not like a little mouse thing. Wasn't it? No, it was like a big, like, snarly werewolf-looking thing. Yeah. Uh, well, I didn't weevils. watch that many episodes. I got bored of it. Oh, they were in There was a Welsh thing. woman in it, man. There was a Welsh woman? Yeah. It's What's that's wrong with Welsh people? Welsh. What? Yeah. What? What's wrong with the Welsh? They're like sheep. The women? All of them. But how would a woman enjoy a sheep? You put some peanut butter on the air. Sheep will go crazy. Sheep chew it. It won't. <laughs> it like chews cud. It won't fucking. It won't lick Maybe a woman. She just out. likes to watch. Watch what a farmer fuck a sheep. Yeah. How can anyone get off on that? I don't know, man. The Welsh. Don't think Tom Jones ever fucked a sheep. If I'm really honest, probably did. I dated a Welsh girl for like two years. Oh dear. <laughs> I didn't fuck one sheep. She oh. seemed pretty happy for at least a month of it. Yeah. Maybe that's why she wasn't happy anymore. Yeah. I got so did. close to the land section, she got like a little tessellated, and then she was like, mm, he's not going to do it. Anyway. South African, anyway, I'm not into it. Anyway. Welsh are known to be very dirty. Of course they are. They're like commoners. No, like, awesome. I don't mean dirty as in like filthy. I mean dirty as in... They're, they're like sheep. They're like fucking... They like sheep. Anyway. That's probably why I ended up dating one. Uh... <laughs> The moment in every podcast where Ad has to be put in a, in, a, in a conversation he despises. Anyway. Woo! So, class. It's all right. Would you recommend it more or less than the Sarah Jane Adventures? Never watched that. That was that children's one, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was. And then it got cancelled because the woman died. When did died. class get made? It came out last year, apparently. Oh, right. End of last year. Is it the end of the series? Yeah, apparently. I don't know how long they keep it going for because it's going to hit that Buffy the Vampire Slayer point where everyone's too old to be in school anymore. <laughs> quite quickly yeah it sounds by the sounds of it though they kill people off fairly often yeah so yeah. people like, get skinned alive in the second episode fresh the cast yeah I'm going to watch an episode of class tonight and I'm going to be like yeah it's very campy Doctor Who type I'm stuff I'm going to jack off to this clearly like lower budget than Doctor Who as well but there's some um, you know there's some neat special effects like because the whole thing you know cause they, they, they put in the Doctor Who Sean per- um, John Pertwee series trick setting the entire thing in one location so you have to keep building loads of sets yeah yeah, so they could spend all the money on the makeup and the CGI. They have big old CGI dragons and stuff like that. That's clever. Um, I, uh, yeah, it's all right. Quite gory, violent. Do you remember I watched, I watched that um, series called Freaked? Freaked? Yeah, the one where the, all the kids were trapped by the gas that turned people into zombies. All oh, right. It sounds a lot like that, but it doesn't. It sounds better. Because hmm. that series was dog shit. Well then, what are you going to review now? Uh, all right, so it's my third review. Yeah, an hour in. My third review is going to be of a new film, recently released by Netflix. All right. Can you guess what it is? No. All right, and if I told you, if I told you, right, Mm. that if you were shot in the head, shot. Oh, eye boy. Don't ruin it for people, because I'll change my review. If I told you, you could be shot in the head through your phone. All right. And the piece of the phone would go in your brain and give you magical powers over technology. What if it's like, do you want your heartbeat to be again? Why not buy this transaction for five extra heartbeats? I wouldn't want that. That sounds horrific. So if I told you you got shot in the head Mm. with your phone in your hand Mm. 
The bits went in your brain. They didn't come out the other side. All right. And they gave you superpowers. What would be the first thing you'd do? Um, I wouldn't believe it. That's not how technology works. So, young boy lives on a council estate in the UK, right? His best friend, or one of his friends, is Maisie Williams of Game of Friends fame. Oh, her. Arya Stark. She's tiny. She is tiny. She's lovely. She's a very pretty actress. She's very good on Game of Friends. Guess what they do over in this movie? Kill her in five minutes. Have her gang raped by three guys and filmed on camera. Oh, nice. That's nice for her. No one had an issue with this. No. Maisie Williams probably didn't even know this was in the script because I bet she wasn't on the set when this was filmed. No, because you've got to do a rape scene so you can prove you're like a, an actress who takes on the serious subjects. So anyway, iBoy, our hero within the first 15 minutes of the movie, finds his friend being gang raped, mm. again, by three people being filmed on camera. Nice. Interrupts the, the what I assume is some sort of, like... Um, like just um, what's it called the word when you're when you're being integrated initiation, initiation. ritual yeah. yeah so it's an initiation ritual for the gang but it's not it's actually just three young boys being boys Donald mm. Trump's words so anyway so he goes and interrupts it and then all of a sudden they fucking run after with a gun they shoot at the guy he's on his phone going oh police police I need your help I'm running away from the scene of a crime where I could defend a person and then gets shot in the head the bits of the phone go in his brain and they make him so he's able to control people's phones. Not just their phones, though. He can make them heat up and explode. So I'm assuming everyone's got Galaxy Note 7's topical joke of the... Yeah! It's pretty shit. It's pretty shit. I don't know how many millions Netflix bought it for, but it was too much money. They shouldn't have fucking done it. In complete contrast to the film Spectral that I said felt like a big-budget action movie made by Hollywood, this feels like a low-budget piece of shit made by some guy in his house with his phone who happened to pay Maisie Williams enough money. Is it like, you know those films that come out on DVD every other week where there's some British gangsters doing British gangster things? essentially that. The main gangster is played quite well by the guy who played played Frankenstein in Penny Dreadful, which is one of my favourite series for the last ten years. Is Danny Dyer in it? Danny Dyer is in it. But, you know, it's just so fucking bad. Tamer Hassan? It's so fucking bad. Yeah. Like, the main plight of the whole film is the fact that... The main... concept alone sounds like something Alan Partridge would randomly yeah. say into a but dictaphone. The end fight... All right, okay, so get this. The end fight, he's, he spends, like, half of the film hacking people's phones and he makes a car explode at one point, killing some people. I don't know how he makes a fucking car explode. he hacks the world. He hacks the world. Mm. So he, like, hacks the car... And the car's like, he's like, oh, I'm going to increase the heat Well, of the, the car. GPS in the car is linked to the explosive stuff exactly, in the engine. Exactly. So he, he does this. Hmm. It's like, he's like, I'm hacking. I'm hacking. And then he heats up and it explodes. What's really nice is, as an indicator to the audience of what he's trying to do, because half the time he looks like he's trying to take a shit when he's constipated. Like, they have, like, if he's, if he's hacking something to explode, it has red bars that come up on it. And it goes like, da, 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 da. And he's charging boom. it. What? He's charging it. <laughs> He's wireless charging. That's all that happens. He's, he just charges the phone. He actually is shitting himself. He's like, ah! That's your only ability. You can just charge phones from a distance. But anyway, so it's just, it's really fucking bad. But there's a scene in which he's like, he's talking to the gangster guy. Again, played masterfully by the guy who played Frankenstein and Penny Dreadful. A great role and a great actor. Much more deserving of better respectful treatment of this shit. What's his name? Can't remember. <laughs> anyway, so there's a scene where he puts his phone down on the table and he's like, all right. Show me what you can do. Put some money in that account. And the kid's like... That's a whole load of science. And, it just, and it just... It starts ticking up by 50%. Uh. Is it, uh, no, sorry, by 50 pounds. Like, dun, dun, dun. And the guy turns to him and goes, he goes, can't you work any faster than that? And the boy, in his snivelly, snivelly UK voice, he turns to him and he goes, I could, but if I was to do that, they'd probably notice in the Bank of England... 
And that's the script. That's part of the script for you. Oh, and sorry, sorry. One of my favorite things is at the end, Maisie Williams, who's gone through a horrific gang rape that's been filmed, it's been put on the internet, <laughs> is there for everyone to see. At the end, what does she do? Falls in love. Oh. With a guy who was at the scene of her gang raping and is also responsible for the murder of multiple people. Gives him a big old smooch. He's got my iPhone Gives powers. Gives him a big old iPhone powered smooch. Yeah. And you know what? In the background, you can see London. Guess what it is? Digital composition. Of course it is. <laughs> a really bad one. So, yeah. Ah, oh, Under the Moon's like Spectral 2. Um, but yeah, so whereas, again, it just it goes to show you that someone in Netflix has lost their mind because they're releasing this, Adam Sandler films, and fucking, you know, and they're, they're not promoting a series like Easy. Something that was released last year, no one saw, and it's just a series of little stories all about really human relationships. It could have been released alongside Love, and it would have been an exact fucking great companion piece. You could watch two episodes of Love and then watch an episode of Easy, and it would all gel together really nicely. What's Netflix's idea, though? They just grab whatever stuff no one else wants so they can make sure they've got a lot of stuff. But again, this is is the thing. iBoy is a HD film. Almost everything that Netflix have been producing, if they're producing it for their channel, specifically from the ground up by themselves, it's 4K, Ultra HD. That's Mm. how they do it. This and Spectral are both HD. Then someone like Easy, they've produced themselves. It's got all these great actors. And Kate McCoochie's in an episode with... um, with, with, um, In which she has a threesome with... um, God, Legolas... Orlando Bloom Orlando Bloom and also uh, God Hot Woman from the Final Girls I can't remember her name Blonde Oh the Power Ranger No the blonde lady she was also in um, Stepmother the series I know one of the girls from Final Girls I think was in Power Rangers No no anyway it's fine it's fine that's besides the point so yeah yeah, so it's it's so fucking weird that they can get someone like Spectrum and they can recognise that's a full blown movie and they get someone like this and they think it's the same thing well, no, they're just probably cheap s- and they bought it because no one else wanted it. But it and must- it gives them another thing. To Who would produce this in their right mind? Who in their right fucking God would make a movie which is... How... You could justify what he does in... Take take John Wick, a film that's getting a sequel in a month. John Wick is the only gang, the only film that I've ever seen in which in which someone in someone outright fucking destroys an entire gang just because they punched his dog to get to death. And rightly so, I kind of agree with that. Yeah, that's fair and enough. in every step that John Wick makes in that film, I am fully behind him murdering gangsters left, right, and centre because they murdered his fucking dog. And I would I would do the same. But in iBoy, we're posited in a world where some teenage little fucking yelp has witnessed the gang rape of someone without trying to defend that woman who ran away and then tried to phone the police whilst he was running away, got shot and happened to get powers, is our hero. There's no redemption there. There's not... And when he's killing people, it's not like he's going around and going like, I'm just going to kill them all at once. I'm going to do this in a really clever way. I'm going to wait until they're on the phone and I'm just going to make the phone explode and kill them. But I'm going to do it in really quick... But what if shards of the phone get in their brain and then they get iPhone powers? Oh, then you'd actually have a prote- you'd actually have an antagonist. Yeah, one of them gets a Samsung Galaxy in his <laughs> head. I think they all had Samsung Galaxies because they were all like, Pfft. oh god, no! Everyone's phone explodes with the power of a grenade. Yeah, phones do that. Yeah, totally. But anyway, so um, iBoy, it gets an Adam Sandler. It is the dregs of entertainment. If someone enjoys this, if someone watches this and goes, this is the kind of series that I I want to see more of, or this is the kind of film I I can't wait for the next one. I, you know, fucking get... That's what you get for watching it. Get checked for it. See, I, I saw that come up on there and I went, no, no, and just moved on. Well, you see, you're a better man than I am. Yeah. Because... That's a fact. It's not true. 
I'm going to prove it to you in Yu-Gi-Oh next week, Saturday, 9pm, <sighs> UK time. Oh, God. I'm going to fucking take you down a peg. Time to do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Yeah, right. All right, so, yeah, Adam Zama for uh, iBoy. I fucking hope not is probably the best response to that. Okay, cool. iBoy. Yeah, your review, aren't Is there an app called iBoy? Shall I have a look if there's an official app for iBoy? Let's find is. out how they got it. Shall I do some research on iBoy before we actually continue? No, because no, the podcast is now an hour and okay, ten minutes. Keep going, keep going, keep going. And I need to edit this thing. Keep going. Um, I, I watched the entirety of a Lemony Snicket's A Series of Unfortunate Events. I also watched that. Yeah, I saw the whole lot. You only watched half of it last time, didn't you? Yeah, I didn't yeah, it. Yeah, I've watched it all now. I've also watched it all. Um, it's really good. Yeah. I liked it. I thought it was really, really solid. Like... There's um like you should mention about CGI stuff. There's some there's some uh, CGI baby faces. They're a bit weird. Yeah. They creep me out a bit. Yeah. But um yeah, I think they did a really cool job of like adapting these books and like you know making this whole series. I think maybe they should have not tried to always hit this 45 minute mark on every episode because there's a couple of times where it feels like the scenes are really slowing down. Because those first like four books are only like about two hundred pages each. They're quite short. The books, um, the later ones are much longer. So it'd be interesting to see how that happens. By the time they get to series three, each book's like six hundred, seven hundred pages long or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they did quite a decent job. And I like Neil Patrick Harris as Count Olaf. He was uh, entertaining as he always is. He was really good in that. Yeah, I thought he was. Well, Neil Patrick Harris just wanted a role where he could act like, you know, didn't give a shit. Yeah, he's pretty great. He's very campy and mm. silly, and he's hamming it up a lot. And his voice, some of the costumes mm. as well, excellent. Yeah, like the makeup the, uh, design, makeup and costume and set design, and everything yeah. on that show was like top notch. And like that, um, is it the fourth episode? The um, sea captain. Yeah, where um, oh no, sorry, no, that's the fifth episode, has, six, sixth episode. Yeah, yeah. sixth episode where they're in the there's the sea captain one. They're up on the building. You have the whole building falling off yeah. the edge. That whole episode is like a massive special effects spectacle. Just mm. the whole episode. Yeah. Um, they did a really good job, like, and they must have shot tons of it on green screen stuff because they're using a lot of digital ocean and all this sort of stuff yeah. and everything. But brilliantly done. Um, yeah, but like I say, there's some parts where it kind of went a bit slow moving. Um, they they've expanded on things from the books in some odd ways. They've like done stuff that weren't in the books and I've never read the books. Things. Well, like you know, you mentioned like oh the parents and all that, and I was like, eh, parents, because yeah. the parents are definitely dead in the books. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. And it turns out the parents spoilers aren't their parents ooh end yeah. of episode 7 big plot twist and there's that awesome you know this is your chance now to look away because what you're about to see will bring an untold amounts of misery upon you um, and it's uh, that's a really cool setup that they did where they keep giving you this little bit of hope because they're just training you to remember that there is no good stuff for the Baudelaire's everything's always mm. dreadful and horrible at every turn um, what the Baudelaire children yeah right from the very start of the very first episode they drum it into you Constantly, the Baudelaire, Baudelaire children. children, yeah, children, children, yeah. That's the key word to it. Like mm. that's the whole thing. Like I don't know how the books end because I didn't read the books. Oh, you're going to be surprised where the second half of this whole series goes. Really? Because um, yeah, it's I say surprised. There's they've done plenty of hints towards where it's going because there's all secret society stuff. Yeah, but you'd be surprised that it doesn't keep repeating the same format. It moves in a different yeah way. Um, and their morals become a little bit more grey as it goes along. Okay. Because um, the show, the one of the great things with the books is that they're like, they're written for children, but don't treat kids like idiots. They're like Roald Dahl books that I used to read when I was a kid. They're a bit dark and twisted, and 
like there's they're still for kids, but they they skirt the edge and they make kids think about things that they maybe wouldn't get from a Harry Potter book or something. Yeah, because Harry Potter doesn't start getting any dark stuff until the last couple of books when you know adults started reading it, and they started releasing those versions with the adult covers. Fucking made no difference to the book though. Yeah, but um, oddly enough, maybe they could have added in more grammar, made it better written. There's much more grammar in episodes four and five and six of. <laughs> no, no, I'm talking about Harry Potter. Yeah. Well, grammar school. Kelsey Grammar School. Yeah. But, um, yeah, um, I thought they did a really good job, though. Like, the next series, they're saying they want to try and film the next two series really quickly because, obviously, the kids don't want them to grow up too much. Yeah. Um, Because the little kid, um, Sunny, starts to talk more as it goes along. She starts to form words as it goes along. Oh, okay, okay. Um, That's the only sign of ageing in the show is that Sunny develops, gradually starts to say, Mm. and eventually, I think there's one full sentence she says in something later on. Yeah. but yeah, it's like they've done a really good job casting characters. They expanded a couple of characters, like the um, hench person of indeterminate gender mm-hmm. is completely different to the books. The book's just a big old hulking lunk. lunk. Yeah. Um, in the film, he was the hench person was played by Craig Ferguson, wasn't it? In the film, the Jim Carrey one, possibly. Yeah, I can't remember Craig Ferguson, Scottish one. He's got that chat show in America. Yeah, it's got like the name. Um, and this one, I can't remember the name of the person who's playing them, but they do, they turn the hench person into a much more sort of verbose and intelligent person who quite often agrees with what the Baudelaire would do. Yeah. Um, like the twins in it, creepy twins. Oh, the old women. Yeah, creepy old women twins. Yeah, very creepy. They reminded me of, um, you know, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey when he's in Station. the thing and they're, they're in the hell and there's the granny coming from. Oh, yeah. Kiss yeah. your granny, Bill. Um, but yeah, there's, uh, I want to, I'm, I'm ready for more of it. More Neil Patrick I'm also Harris. ready for more of it. I'm, yeah. I find it easier to digest than I thought I would. I thought it was yeah. going to be something I struggled watching, but um, there are some nice touches. On the other it's got side, a beautiful of, tone to it, and yeah, and the whole set designed by the same people did yeah. Edward Scissorhands. It looks incredible. Mm. Um, one of the things that's really nice on the um, on the version, well, because obviously you watched it 1080p, I watched it 4K. There ain't no difference. Uh, no, there are slight differences. There are slight differences. Um, not like obviously not in the scenes, not in the sets, not in the script or anything like that. But um, in terms of in terms of the way that Count Olaf's disguises work, mm. so I watched I watched a little bit of it on my laptop and I watched a little bit of it on my TV, and I watched the two that I split up were the first episode with the sea captain. I watched mm. on my laptop and I watched the second episode on my TV, and you know he's playing the captain. He's got the red cheeks and stuff like that. Yeah. On on the computer, it looks like it's just makeup. Like you know, he's obviously part of a theater group. You know, he wears makeup. He's disguised. Not tiny laptop screen. No, it's great. <laughs> um, but when you watch it on 4K on the TV, you can see his pores start yeah. disappearing where the makeup is and stuff, mm. and like the nose looks obviously very fake. And there's almost a painted line where you can see it attached and stuff. And it's just it's weird weird stuff like that that, pick, that pokes around. And like you know how there are scenes when the guy's looking directly at him and he can't see his Count Olaf. Yeah, uh, the the guy who runs Pope. the yeah Pope, um, he when when that happens in the in the series when you're watching on like 1080p or you're watching it on TV and you know like I watched it through the Xbox as well on the 4K telly and you'll see him and he would look at it and be like okay well he just can't see through the really shit disguise fair enough but then when he turns back in 4K you can see the line still so it basically adds that little extra layer to it it's quite nice <laughs> it's got an interesting aspect of it as well that I love how clueless Poe is for the whole thing yeah. And he gets a promotion still at the end. Yeah, but it's yeah, the which, thing is, it yeah. is the stuff like also the skull cap. You can kind of see where the hair is on yeah. the skull cap when he's playing the Gustav, the assistant. Yeah, like the fact that you can't you can't see it in 1080p, but when you're watching it in 4K, you can see like the line where it's 
It's been, and there's this guy standing right in front of it. Something that in life you would see plain as day, and he just turns and like you can still see it. And then there's Poe who's just like, this is clearly not Count Olaf. This One is thing I always um, love of the show is that, um, and it's in the film as well, is that the Baudelaire's aren't idiots in the slightest. No. They are never once fooled by Count Olaf's no. schemes. They always well, one step ahead. They almost. never, yeah, but they never like. They never fall for anything. No. It's like they get drawn into the thing and they can't get out of it because he's manipulated them somehow, putting Sonny in a cage or something like that. Yeah. Um, but the, the moment he turns up on the door, he says, no, you haven't got a new assistant, you'll count Olaf. Get out of here. Mm. Like, and all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, I've seen um, Catherine O'Hara in the last couple of episodes. She looks great. Yeah, she was the she played the judge in the film. Did she? Yeah, yeah she played the judge, what's her face, the one... Um, the one that's played by Joan Joan Cusack, yeah. Is she dead? No, no, she's just staying at home, sad. Stayed there. Yeah. I wonder if they ever go back to that. The only character, I think the only ones that turn up again are Sir and his boyfriend, partner. Partner. <laughs> um, which, yeah, but, um, yeah, I love the little, little because the, the, gradually something that happens in the books as well as, as it goes along, they make more allusions to book, other books. Mm. Um, like the whole, um, the boat sea captain one, the can't the name of the bloody episode that one. Um, but there's a whole bunch of Moby Dick references in that. The whole of the log farm one, log, the logging plant one is literally 1984. <laughs> um, like you know, you've got a big brother giant eye looking over them. Everyone's hypnotized and following the routine, and they none of them think out of line. Except that one guy. They never say really, the wrongs they're not allowed to say. Except for that guy who's really cheery. Yeah, but that's part of his conditioning. He's meant to be condi- meant to be cheery about everything. Obviously, they decided that he needed to be optimistic. Um, but they, you know, there's words they don't say. Yeah. Because they're keywords that will trigger their hypnotism and turn yeah. it off. But you know, they're, they're the bad words, the unwords. You don't. Do they say ever get them. adopted? Can I know? Um, don't think so. Oh great. No. But um, yeah, it'd be interesting where they go because they said the next series will be books five through nine, and then the last series will be books ten through thirteen. But um. Book thirteen's the end, and the end's really short because it's like a prologue thing. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it'll be kind of cool. I'm I'm looking forward I like to it. The, I like the fact Limney Snicket is used as a narrator. Yeah, well, he's it's his um, journal. Yes, yeah. his thing is his his solemn duty to, um, you know, tell no, the story yeah. of the Baudelaire's to people, yeah. and he's constantly on the run from someone. Hmm. But there is there's little hints of where the next series is go. You, um, one thing to look out for is anything that's spent mentioned with the um, letters VFD as the as the lettering. Because that's the free kit. No, nah, that's a secret secret organization called oh. VFD. But you know the I. Yeah. The big I. If you look at it really closely, it's a V and F and a D. Ah, clever. Yeah, clever. But it looks like an I. Um, I like it. In the last episode, he the book the dictionary he's got yeah. is um was the verified something dictionary verified fundamentals dictionary okay um yeah there's little references like that but vfd is an important thing huh. and that'll start coming up later and later mm, when they get serious too but yeah i'm up for it more 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 hopefully sooner than later if they can if they want to really churn through them then you know it would be quite cool just to do the whole lot next year <laughs> yeah because it'll be weird like because they can't let mage too much no they need to get it done as quickly as possible, don't yeah. they? Yeah, they'll get to that point like they're going to get to Gotham in a couple of series where the young Bruce Wayne is starting to be like 19. Oh, and maybe Gotham they should. Still on TV. Maybe they should send him off to learn Kung Fu for a couple Gotham of series. still on TV. Yeah. Ugh. Anyway, okay. So that's... Your last review. Get on with it, you. God, yeah, here's, here's my very last review. Oh, ever. Maybe. Yeah, that's it. So it's the last quick apocalypse. Um, <laughs> okay, so did I review Split last time? 
Uh, no. Okay, I'm going to review Split. Split was a film that I saw two weeks ago, a Scream Unseen. It's Odeon's special, like, you don't know what film you're going to see, you pay a five, you go and see a film. I went to go see it in Kingston. Um, and it's never the room. It's never the room, mm. yeah. Um, so anyway, so Scream Unseen and Split were the films I went to go see, and Split's an interesting movie. Um, like Shyamalan's latest film. It is, and it's better than The Visit, and it's better than... It's not hard for it to be better than every film since Unbreakable. Well, Visit's not that bad. The Visit's not that bad. Nor is Signs. People forget Signs. It's all right. Um, Mumblecore Invasion movie. Yeah. The problem with the problem with Split, and a lot of people have noticed this, are uh, is the portrayal of mid mental illness. You know. Yeah. Like there's issues with there's issues with saying someone has schizophrenic tendencies or something like DID, uh, which is yeah. yeah. Um, and and having those things that have real life implications, and then going like, oh, some of these people have superpowers, um, which is kind of which is kind of silly. It's like the equivalent of saying all autistic people have some sort of amazing ability at math. Yeah, yeah, it's like Rain Man. This room is green. Yeah, it's like Rain the Man. Cube. Uh, oh, cube. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but he didn't have he didn't have autism. Oh yeah, he was spoilers for it. the cube. Yeah, no, the first guy was faking it. The second guy wasn't, and nor was Cube Zero. Mm. Cube Zero, they 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 purposely did an operation on him, yeah, to make him sound like that and act like that. And the same in Cube Zero, no Cube Two, sorry, Hypercube. Yeah, Cube so, Two's Hypercube. Cube Zero's yeah, they lobotomized it. Yeah, that was unfair. They're great movies. They're actually genuinely good movies. The first like one them. is. So is the second one and Cube Zero. Cube Zero has a great ending. Anyway, so Split. So in Split, we meet a man named Kevin. Um, who has multiple personalities all encompassed in his one body uh, the way that we the way that we were introduced to him he has a very very good intro it's actually a great intro he so uh, there are three girls they're introduced to us at a birthday party they're waiting for their friend's mother to arrive so she can get picked up she's not coming so the dad of the girl whose birthday it is turns around and says I'll just drive her home it doesn't matter the girl protests she mm. says, I don't want her coming. She's a freak. No one likes her. He goes, no, I'm not going to have my daughter be like that. We're going to go pit, take her home. It's fine. So they collect all the all the bits from the birthday party, lots of gifts and stuff. And they go and put them in the car. And, and the girls go and get in the car. And they put themselves up ready to go. And there is a kerfuffle. And mm. the dad is knocked out. And into the car comes Kevin. Ooh. Played by James McAvoy. Ooh. Or McAvoy. McIver. Um anyway, and he uh he he knocks two of the girls out and then he turns to the girl sitting in the front of the car, which is gonna be our final girl. Everybody knows this because she's the one who's given the most attention. It's a bit like X Factor when everybody's like, I'm so shocked he won. He had a forty minute fucking intro. Hmm. Of course he won. They know all about his job at Asda and how much his mum's dying. You know, and it's sort of like that. So she um she she is st- sitting there looking at this stranger who's just knocked out her two friends whilst wearing a mask. And she's just like, looks at him dead in the eyes and then goes and reaches for the door handle and just gives it a quick tug. It's locked because he's locked all the doors from his side. And he just, like, like, as if it's a chore, as if he's annoyed that this has happened. He's just like, okay, then (laughs) knocks her out as well. (laughs) And then from there we get like the slow burn. Um, All the girls are kept in the same room. They're given like a cleaning area. There are weird things like each of the personalities has different traits. Mm. Um, One woman is... um, She's very into uh, into um, you know cutting stuff like bread and sandwiches. She gets annoyed if she can't cut a sandwich straight. 
She has another song's out of place, almost OCD. Yeah. But then at the same time, that is slipping into another personality, which is um, Dennis, which is a very angry man who is a priest and he likes to watch young girls dance. Oh, who he, doesn't? He also has OCD, but his is that he uh, he likes things to get kept tidy, but in a different way, he likes stuff cleaned properly and wiped down. Because um, one of his other personalities like messing up things. Yeah. There's a, there's a childlike personality. Oh, I smell a sitcom. So, one, uh, the problem is, I, it's hard to say stuff about it being a spoiler. Because hmm. all the personalities, there are 23 in total. <sighs> yeah. Right? You Could only, just be a couple. No. no. You're only ever introduced to three. All right. And one of those personalities pretends to be Kevin, hmm. who's the main one. Kevin's like, uh, he's, he's a slightly feminine gentleman who likes fashion design, he likes designing dresses and stuff for people. He likes to talk about fashion and he likes to keep current with stuff. He's the dominant personality for the most part. Hmm. And he lets other personalities where they live out for brief amounts of time so that, you know, they can flex their muscles, they can, you know, can be in the, the spotlight. But these other three, the darker person, well, two dark personalities, they're fractured. And what they've done is, well, what's implied is they have somehow produced a child. Right. Not like in real life, but within within a psyche. And this child, because it's born within the psyche, because it's a creation, it can basically take away the limelight from any other personality at any one time. So it can choose when it goes in the limelight and it can let other people go in the limelight. The limelight is essentially treated as control. So it's almost like the way that they describe it is there's a chair and there's a light and if you're in the light in the chair, you are in charge. So Dennis and... Uh, I can't remember the name of the woman personality, but those two personalities, both of them, through the small child... Uh, or child through this small child they can they can gain control and what they're trying to gain control of is the entirety of Kevin so that they can unleash a 24th personality which they describe as something that's imagine if you're in a room and the room is has glass but the glass just leads out to this blackness this bleak black area um, and in that there is a beast that keeps wandering keeps trekking around keeps and they, they think that that's a real thing. Everyone else thinks they're crazy because they don't see it. And they think that they're chosen to see it. Hmm. So the beast is this thing that's waiting to come out. It's like a 24th personality. And what that beast can do is it's it's this massive hulking man who's all muscular and he can take much more damage, can run faster, he's more agile. And because the personality disorder that he has, has things like the woman who is cheat, is treating him says that these people almost have powers. And this is where I had issue with it. It's a bit like the X-Men in that sense. But, but anyway, um, she talks about it as if they have powers. She talks about it as in there's one case where a woman who's blind had multiple personality disorder and two of her personalities could see. But well, the that's woman not who, how eyesight works. No, I know, I know. That's not how <laughs> biology works. But yeah. for the sense of the for the for the point of the movie, it's meant to be like an exaggeratory mm. disease, meant to be a thing. Like one of Kevin's personalities is diabetic. So she has to do insulin shots. Yeah, that'd kill you. But she's the only one who needs to do insulin shots. And if she doesn't do insulin shots, she actually has the progressive disorder... Well, she actually has the symptoms of diabetes. Which is, in its own way, that's M. Night Shyamalan Ding Dong trying to move away from... Because, you know, he has a penchant for being very po-faced about things. So to make it so silly, but then not give it any sort of... Like, to not say, oh, this is brought on by this, or this is brought on by that, and completely he move it away ideas. from the disorder. That's he has he great has. ideas, yeah. No, he just um, has ideas. Well, some of them are all right. Um, anyway, so so um, on the counterpoint of that, the final girl, our final girl, is a young woman who... 
It's not a plot twist, because if you've ever seen a movie, within minute one of seeing her flashbacks, you'll know exactly what's happened. Hmm. Which is... It's it's really bad film writing for a female is the problem. So I saw this, and there's a scene in which... Um, <laughs> there's a scene in which a guy, like... Her, her dad and her uncle are taking a shooting. And there's a scene in which they're just shooting and like I was like, oh, I don't like this for some reason. And then it goes to the next scene and the uncle is limbering up to go hunting. Oh, right. And as he's doing it, she's watching him. As a child would watch someone limber up, you know, maybe, I don't know. I never watched people limber up when I was a kid, but she's lying in the tent, just sitting there like looking out and he's limbering up and as he's limbering up, he catches her looking at him and he smiles at her. Yeah. just over his shoulder and then he goes to continue limbering up every so often and he goes back to that eye contact and in my head I was like oh I knew exactly I knew exactly what was happening in my head I was like eh <laughs> no this isn't the movie to handle this but in the in the context of the film it makes sense to the final part that's the thing so all of this makes sense within this universe I just I just it to take the tiniest amount of backstory to say Kevin's mum dressed him up as a girl when he was a boy and forced him to be a girl in front of certain people in his house and that caused his personality to fracture. You know, just anything weird So they, like they're that. even going to include that trans people are mental? Then. No, no, they wouldn't be trans people are mental because that's not a trans but they're, person. They're, they're trying to force the idea that you could force someone to be trans because you know Americans like to use transgendered as a word oh, as if yeah, becoming no, trans is a thing no, that is done to you. I didn't, I didn't you. think of that because like... The way that I was, this this is the weird thing. So this is this is the horrible part. Of, like this is the part of the the podcast where we get angry about stuff because the way the world is right now, a lot of like shit like that is is going wrong for people. Like you've got Donald Trump who's restricting loads of stuff and he's he's saying things that are horrible about people. We're talking about personality disorders. We're talking about personality disorders. <laughs> Uh, the problem that we have in this situation is that if I say something to you like someone is forced, like sleepaway camp, hmm. if someone's if someone's not transgender. If they're not, you know, if they're not, you know, um, any of those things that go along with that. If someone's gay, straight, whatever they, whatever they, they choose to be, whatever they feel they are, that's fine. That's not a problem. The problem is that that when someone comes along who says like, oh, there's only one of two genders. Well, there's a history of framing it in film that if you you can force someone to be yeah. trans, just, and that that's yeah. not what this would be because that story in the context of the film, if that was what happened, that would simply be a catalyst to his frayed personality developing the way it did. Yeah. In this, there's no catalyst, so it's just a man with a mental health issue, and then there's like a hint at and a catalyst. Superpowers. Yeah, there's a hint at a catalyst, which is much much like her catalyst. So there's like a hint that maybe she's got that thing, but in no point does she have that and she doesn't develop that and there's no hint that she does. So it's really odd. It's just very strange the way that it all works. I think that... I think he had an idea. I think you're right about him having an idea. Yeah, he just has ideas. That's he, he M. Night problem. Yeah, he had an idea. He made this film. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. It's child abuse. I agree with you, Ted Kane. Yeah, it is, yeah. That's exactly what I'm trying to say. <laughs> It's not someone making a choice for their life. It's yeah. not their lifestyle. It's nothing like that. It is someone being forced yeah, into a situation. Abuse, yeah. That's what I mean, yeah. Abuse can cause... But there's a hint at abuse. But again, it's just M. Night Shyamalan Ding Dong playing the fucking rape card. Yeah. And that really... Irri- it, it just irritates me. Why is that such a plot device nowadays? He's Why just got to throw like, a thing he can into stuff now. Look at things like Hi Boy, a film that's about a teenager getting phone powers. It's got fucking gang rape. And then you got something like this. This is a film about a man having like 
fucking multiple personality disorder. Instead of instead of going like there is a catalyst, there is a there is a line where this started. And this is how we found out. Instead, it's just like he was raped, and apparently, rape victims are fucking mental now, oh. and they're super broken and split and fractured. That's that's not the case. Humans are so fucking strong; it's unbelievable. You can there are there are avenues out there to protect people from that stuff. But as soon as you say that is the be all end all, and as soon as you have become a victim to this, you are a mental super powered monster man, or you are all of a sudden a victim lady who's going to fight a monster who who is going to embody everything that you think your your uncle is, or you're going to save yourself, but only when there's a catalyst to save yourself. It's just so stupid because humanity is so many more multi. It's it's so much more than 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 these films ever make it to be, and it's really weird that I'm getting annoyed about split and personality disorder and split, and I don't want to be that person. But when I I have mental illness, I don't I don't get to like be the person who goes, well, I've never had any experience. I get to be the person who says, yeah, I have depression. And it's like, this is how it feels sometimes to me. This isn't how it feels to the person next to me if they have it. It's not how someone in the same group therapy sessions I had felt about it. It is just how I feel. What if M. Night Shyamalan's got split personality? In the last eight years, he's just been a really bad director. (laughs) That's the thing. That's his other personality. Yeah, that's it. But anyway, it's it's a good film. That's the thing. It's a Mm. good film, but there is so much baggage to it. And that's M. Night Shyamalan's problem is he always doesn't handle the plot as well as he could handle He's more concerned with putting a, an idea into a film than actually making it work in yeah. the film. This film is entirely saved by Fucking the performances. Devil. Yeah, this <laughs> film is entirely saved by the performances. Hmm. James McAvoy is incredible. Yeah, yeah, he's good. He's when when he changes personality, you can see it. there's a scene in a just him in a mirror and the camera is just panning like 20 inches to the left. From a close-up shot of in a mirror to a close-up shot of his face, and in those just those fifteen-second pans, he changes personality and has different facial expressions. Hmm. Like if he's if he's Dennis, everything is stern; his face doesn't relax at all. Hmm. If he's the woman, his face is slightly more relaxed. It's got a more you know, it's almost like someone trying to avoid wrinkles. Yeah, like that's what I'd say it was like. And if he's the kid, he's all like upper lip, like smiles, and like there's a little bit of pursed lip, there's a little bit of like saliva every so often when he gets Sexy. excited. You know, and it's all like it's all like bright eyed, wide eyed, and that's really interesting. And then even even later when you see the other personality, because he keeps like a diary for each personality, so when they get the time, they can you know consider stuff and talk about stuff. Every personality has a different way of holding themselves. Like the female personality talking about diabetes, she's like got one knee up, slightly provocative. She's got the dress like slightly open, Ooh. and like you can see the knee, and she's injecting herself in a way that almost like it's almost like a lure. It's almost like a female like a sexual sexual thing, like where someone is trying to attract people to where she's doing something or what she's doing, you know. And it's and it's drawing attention to key areas like the leg leading down to the, you know. It's as people do with framing themselves. And then you've got the other person, Kevin, he's wearing fingerless gloves, and he, the way he talks about fashion, the way that he like he's like saying, like, he's like, everything I'm wearing is dog shit. I mean, why am I wearing a scarf? It's 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 almost summer, and I've got this draped-over hoodie that's just nothing. The only thing that saves it is this T-shirt underneath. And the way that he's going through stuff, and he's picking up with like, just free fingers... And he's got like a he's got like a mm. concern, and he just stuff like that is great. It's great bits of acting. The girl, the main girl, there are scenes in which she draws focus from the other two barely dressed women who are just your generic. Like we have to do something. It's like what can we do? 
We're locked in a room that's in another room that we can clearly see is also locked. So if he comes in here, even if he has the keys, he's going to hide the keys before he comes and sees us. And all we can see is like this fucking tiny little keyhole. There is no way we can escape once we're out of here. If we could beat him to death and have all the time in the world to find this thing, yes. But he is a grown man who's very muscular, who could kick the living shit out of us. Even, even if it's three of us, he can kick the living fuck out of us. So it's stuff like that, and it's and it's and and she draws away from that. Like there's a scene where a girl's being snatched, and she the last thing she says to the girl is is, don't do anything, just do what he says. Like that's a scene where she has the camera barreled down the camera, and she's got this girl, and she just don't do anything, just do what he says. Hmm. And it's really interesting. And then there are bits where it's just, it's M Night, you know, like how um, he's got to be in his films. Yeah, yeah. In this, he plays a guy who's part of the woman's therapy sessions, and he has something to do with he's a hoarder, and there's like make mention of hooters. That doesn't need to be in the movie. Hooters. Yeah, it makes makes mention of hooters, and the whole thing that that is, she has suspicions that one of the personalities has taken over and it's pretending to be another one, mm-hmm. which is why it was me about Kevin and going to the therapy sessions. And every so often, when the guy falls asleep, the other personalities get a chance to take over, and they've been sending her emails. So she's got like 21 emails all from the other personalities saying like, we need fucking help. We need help. We need help. We need help. Take take this as... But they never get more than a couple of seconds because they're all trying to get to the limelight and trying to, you know, hmm. send this message. So they're all just sending the same thing. Just, we need help. We need help. And it's really... Um, and it's really unnecessary to have her then go and go like, oh, hey, M. Knight, can you use your hacker powers to show me the video footage of the front door so we can see what happened? And then the guy walks through some rubbish and she's like... Ooh, Kevin wouldn't walk through that rubbish. And that's and, and that's unnecessary. It pads the runtime. And there could have been more time with this girl interacting with the other girls and saying, like, I told you to do that because it's gonna save your life. I would have just opened it with three girls waking up in a room with no history behind it and then and no, then that, they start that discovering that. Scene's the actually quite nice. Car yeah. scene's actually quite nice. No, I would have I would just and also, the wake up, girls, their attacker keeps acting differently, they don't know what's going on. The problem is that, that you five, discover the same time as those that. five minutes in the beginning they don't give that he has multiple personality they don't give away any of that all it does is it sets up that this girl hasn't been friends with her these people in her class that she was friends with it just sets up nice and succinctly that five minutes in the beginning isn't needed to you don't need to take that away we need to take away are the scenes with the a lot of the scenes with the psychiatrist she there's a point where she's talking to a crowd of people and saying you know this happened I had one person saying this I had one person doing this and these people have almost powers and like you don't need any of that you don't need the psychiatrist talking to a group in France you don't need the psychiatrist doing research with that, how do you know she's not super important if she doesn't talk to a bunch of people but in she France she talks to him she says I know that you're not who you're saying you are I don't know what personality I'm talking to but I need to talk to this one I need to talk to the one that gives that doesn't lie to me hmm. and then it's just you know that's fine show her trying to draw him out but then there's another scene where she's watching Price of Prices Right with someone. And then like that person's like, I don't like any Bob of your Barker patients. Or Drew Carey. I don't know. She's like, I don't like any of your patients. She's like, oh, they're just people. They're just people. And then she's like, I'm going to have a quick think and look away from the camera and look away from the telly. And it's shit like that. It's fucking... It's... Why? You Tell know, me why that's in there. If really someone could defend that to me, that'd be great. Because it doesn't need to be there. Because filler. part of the studio that paid for making the film wanted a clip of Price's right in there. 
to advertise Price is Right. I guess it could just be Hooters, Price is Right. They're usually yeah. the little scenes have like, yeah, no, you're right, maybe. But, um, <laughs> so, you know what? Like, the film it's is... probably the best M. Night Shyamalan film for a long time, though. Yeah. Like, yeah. the film's not bad. I'm going to give it a fairly good score. I'm going to say it's a Julianne Moore. Ooh. It's not like a 9 out of 10 or a 10 out of 10. It's not something where I'd be like, oh, this is the perfect movie. It's got so much baggage and it's got so much shit going on on the screen in places that doesn't need to happen. But then the scenes where stuff does happen, they are framed beautifully. There is a scene in which, um, spoilers, the final final personality makes an appearance. And there is a shot of just a train station, just below the train, in between the wheels, there are just feet pounding the fucking track just and it's human feet you can see it's you know human feet but the way that that's fucking shot it's it seems inhuman it's Mm. great it's really really well framed well and you know we said before um i spoke about the monster and i talked about framing a shot and you know most films they would have like you're in the back of the tent it seems massive and the doors are wide open you can see everything that's going on and it's really just the framing of that crack in the thing you don't need to see the character you just need to see the crack in the tent and you can see people walking past it and that sets the scene that frames it nicely Hmm. that's again this is solid framing really nice shots really nice especially in the darkness because they're dark they're not bright lit up scenes they're at night so seeing that stuff seeing the pounding of the feet just fucking incredible it's really really good yay remind me a lot of Red Dragon in moments is that the shit Hannibal sequel? No, that was a good one with Edward Norton. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're thinking of Hannibal as a shit Hannibal sequel. Yeah, season. the one with Ray Fiennes, wasn't he in it? No, Ray Fiennes was in Red, Red Dragon. Dragon. Oh, yeah. Red Dragon was the story of the guy that oh, was should... before Clarice Starling. Yeah. Yeah. Hannibal's the sequel, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, Red Dragon's the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it, yeah, yeah it goes... Yeah, in yeah. terms of quality, it goes... It goes Silence of the Lambs, mm. Red Dragon, Hannibal, and then Hannibal Rising. Is the best one. Terrible. But Hannibal Rising is the best one. Cool. So no, anyway, so yeah. All right. I give it Julianne Moore. Okay, so that's one hour forty-five of podcast for me to edit. Sorry, buddy. I'll get you something. I'll get you some Yu-Gi-Oh cards. It's gonna be time to do next Saturday. You wait. Yeah, yeah. Let me take you down, buddy. Assassin's Creed movie online started following me. Oh, great! Wicked. Anyway. Thanks for watching, guys. I guess. Uh, yeah, listening, uh, listening. Yeah, podcast. Yeah, it's a podcast. Uh, once again, if you if you want to find me, I am at Critapocalypse on Twitter and is at lv fifty four Space Monkey. Once again, my just giving page is still open. Uh, so anyone who can donate, it doesn't matter how much you donate a pound, ten pound, whatever you've got, whatever is available. If you <clears throat> if you like animals, if you like cats and dogs, it's all going to them. I'm doing my best to raise as much money as possible before I completely destroy my legs walking 100 kilometers in the space of one day. I'm not taking a break. I will be doing some live streaming during the event and taking some pictures and stuff to let people know how I'm doing. If I break a leg, I'm still going to finish. I'm not giving up. This is fucking, this is the be all end all for me. So, you just got to anyway, walk. How are you going to break your leg walking? You clearly haven't walked for a really long distance. I've walked up a mountain. Yeah, a mountain. Yeah. That's yeah, elevated. Down. That's not like, that's not miles and miles. That's like yeah. three miles, four miles. Yeah. Like, this is 70 miles almost. Well, suck it up. And also, it's trail walking. It's 80% trail, 20% road. Yeah. So, it's going to be fucking hard. Anyway, Under the Moons, thank you very much for your donation today. I love you, buddy. 
Um, and uh, anyone else? Again, if you want to donate, I've got a Just Giving page. You can find it on my Twitter. It's in the pinned tweets. If you can't, then uh, it's it's justgiving.com and then it's slash Matt Klaus. Gotta give him a real name. Claus. Claus, yeah. Claus if you're a, if you're a poor speller. Uh, sorry, talker. Yeah. Poor talker. It's Claus. <laughs> poor talker, the sequel to Paul Walker. Claus. Klaus. That's in um, Santa. But anyway, so yeah, have a look. Have a look, check it out. Let me know. Mm. If there's anything, if you can't donate, but you want to just, you know, share it, like it, whatever's, whatever you could do. You're doing great. a hard sell. No, I'm just saying that yeah. this means like, a lot to me. Comment, subscribe. Remember, we're going to no, need you I, to donate because we really need that Argon Trinsic Laser. No, we don't need <laughs> we don't need anything. That's kind of the point. We don't I need could anything. do with an Argon Trinsic Laser. We don't need anything, but there are people out there that need stuff. So a lot of what I've been doing this year has been based around people needing stuff. I applied to give bone marrow and stuff for um for cancer sufferers. You sure you want to give bone marrow? Gave blood. That yeah, fucking no, I'm hurts. fucking excited. If I get to do it. I gave blood the other day for the first mm-hmm. time. That was pretty exciting. Uh, they just stuck the needle in started. Forty percent proof. Yeah, it was pretty good. <laughs> They did a little flammable test beforehand. Um, I'm also giving away... Uh, well, I say giving away. I'm also getting my hair cut for Locks for Love. That's going to be interesting. I'm going to put it in ponytails. I should probably live stream that as well, shouldn't I? You've got to put it in ponytails. It's got to get, it's got to get straightened. They've got to make sure that it's uh, 10... No, 12 inches long. And then it gets put in ponytails. And then it gets cut. And then they send them off. And they make wigs for kids that have cancer and stuff. Mm. So that's happening with my hair. Soon. Kids need 12 inches of hair. No, it's to make multiple wigs. And if it's oh. if it's too short, then they can sell it and just they can make money. Cut it into stubble. Give them stubble. It'll look badass. Um, <laughs> but there are more things I'm doing. I'm doing Valentine's Day runs and stuff. You just want to get a skull cap, put a bit of glue on it. Updated. Flock some stubble on it. Give them flocking. Like, I'm hoping I'm hoping by the end of the year as well, um, the Just Giving page, I, I will keep it open until December. So the initial donations will go, um, go on May the 22nd. Um, and then after May the 22nd, I'm going to reopen it and I'm going to continue getting money doing um, other runs and such because I am doing throughout the year I'm planning to do a couple of half marathons I was planning to do an ultra marathon but it's a month before the 100k so I don't think it's a good idea no uh, but I will be doing an ultra next year that's exciting so a 60k run that's to the moon yeah <laughs> yeah pretty much might as well be yeah. uh, but um, I'm doing it all for charity because this is the year of giving fuck it Donald Trump's taking over Brexit's happening we might as well try and make a couple of people's lives better than they are because ours are fucked <laughs> so let's give it a go at least um, but anyway thank you very much for listening yeah. like comment and subscribe if you have a chance oh tune in next week for our Yu-Gi-Oh tournament five what minutes is the, of wait, hard selling no, but wait, what is, it's like the fourth so the fourth oh. we'll be doing a Yu-Gi-Oh match between me and Ant what is your Yu-Gi-Oh name do you have a Yu-Gi-Oh name Anthony Anthony mine's gonna be MC Matthew. Matthew. MC Yu-Gi-Oh I'm gonna beat you Uh, I've never played Yu-Gi-Oh before. Can I end the podcast? Yeah, go on then. Anyway, bye everyone. Bye. Love you. Bye. Mm. Bye. Mm.